On 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio, and uh, it is a uh, Sunday night into a Monday morning, and uh, my dad is going to call in later to tell a joke, because it's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Um, he's going in for another uh, for another uh, couple of tests, so uh, he'll be up, uh, he'll be up uh, early, you know, and he'll tell us a joke. We're not going to change that, despite the fact that he's going to be up early. He's got uh, he's got to be drinking. You know, he's got a, he's got a couple of tests, and you know, he's got to drink that paste, the colon blow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but after 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 the, after today, after Monday, um, it should be a he should be it should be back to normal. He, my dad is is he can't he can't just sit and stay in and he had to do that all weekend he he was he had to stay in from thursday on um and then he goes for the test in the morning a couple of tests in the morning and then he gets to go back home and then you know he's just looking forward to getting back to jewel so um yeah, that's this. Just is not. It's not good. That's that's just not a, a good thing for my dad. He's, he 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 seriously can't sit. He can't sit still for half an hour. <laughs> he's up. He's doing something. He goes over to the store. He goes out and does this. And he was confined to the house for four and a half days. That's enough to make my dad nuts. And not to mention my mom. <laughs> but anyway, he is going to tell a joke. Um, and, uh, I thank for the, uh, for all the nice thoughts that everybody has been, uh, then sending me, um, you know, after, after, after tomorrow should be back to normal. My dad will probably get up, uh, get back into working at jewel and all that cool stuff. So, but, uh, thanks for the thoughts. I appreciate it. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk with Marty and Sarah, Marty DeRosa and Sarah Joy Shockey. They are, uh, they have the, the podcast called Marty and Sarah love wrestling. And they do. They love wrestling. And we got some wrestling stuff to talk with them about. Uh, SummerSlam was uh, the latest uh, pay-per-view, which was um, last night. So we'll do a recap of that, plus uh, all kinds of other wrestling stuff. We love talking wrestling, and they love wrestling. I think it's fantastic that the... Isn't that how they got together? Was wrestling? Wasn't that how they got together? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. A mutual love of dudes slamming other dudes. You got to love that, wall. man. Oh, and women. That's true. Yeah. Asuka had two matches last night. 
She's my current favorite thing about WWE. I love Asuka. I just think she's fantastic. She's nuts, too. And they should give her the mic more. She needs to... She needs to do more play-by-play. <laughs> just screaming. Uh, Calvin Evans is a stand-up comedian. Um, he is going to be at uh, Zany's this uh, coming weekend on Friday and Saturday at the uh, the downtown Wells Street um, Zany's. He is uh, from Chicago, uh, and he he went to the University of Illinois where he studied sports management. <laughs> Sport management. I didn't even know that that was an actual thing. I know two guys with that degree. With sports management degree? Yeah, sport management. Sport management. Mm-hmm. What do they do with that degree? Well, currently not a whole lot because uh, sports are kind of in a weird place. But one uh, of them, yeah, everything's in a weird place right now. Of, yeah, one of them works in uh, in ticketing, though. You know, T- what do you mean? Like selling selling tickets and all that to kind sporting of, events. Sporting events must be going swimmingly. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been a tough six months. Jeez. <laughs> Well, Calvin Evans is a comedian, and uh, and uh, he's also on uh, the show Southside, which is a show that you really like, right, Tom? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we're going to talk to him about uh, comedy. So that's Calvin Evans. He's going to join us. We're going to talk about being teased. Were you teased as a kid, Tom? Oh yeah, all the time. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to talk about that, um, how it affected you, and uh, uh, if you know uh, what was it like when you were a kid. I think everybody at some point has been teased. Sometimes it has a huge effect on you, though. So, and uh, we're going to talk about some terrifying animals that you're glad are extinct. <laughs> These are extinct animals. Yes, thankfully, and they're terrifying. They're they're absolutely terrifying animals. Giant squids and the like. Oh no, no, no! Stuff that you kind of would think does never existed, but definitely did. Giant squids? What are you talking about? Did, did, would they turned into calamari? <laughs> yeah, just really big calamari. A, a gigantic uh, uh, dish full of calamari. Yeah, they became the party plate at your favorite uh, Italian restaurant. <laughs> uh, we also play some classic comedy uh, from the Johnny Carson show. You can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV, and I suggest you do because it's awesome. Uh, so we play, uh, you know, every morning at 2.30 here on the weekday mornings, we like to play some classic comedy from uh, the Johnny Carson Show. Sometimes it's stand-up, sometimes it's a sketch, sometimes it's an interview. Uh, George Miller is going to uh, is going to be uh, the stand-up that we will feature. Um, and he was a very funny guy. He was also, George Miller was one of uh, David Letterman's favorite comedians and guests. He used to have him on all the time. Uh, but yeah, it's his second appearance on uh, the Tonight Show, and we'll play some uh, some classic comedy stand up from George Miller, as we do every uh, every morning. So there it is, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. That's our uh, number. If you would like to join us, we would love to hear from you. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. And uh, we uh, will take a break here, and then we also have, uh, by the way, Walter's perspective every uh, Sunday night into Monday morning. Uh, we play Walter uh, Jacobson's Perspective, and uh, we will have that coming up right here on 720 WGN. Okay, if you want to join us, we're going to talk wrestling. Marty and Sarah love wrestling. That's the podcast. We had SummerSlam earlier. 
uh, this evening, and uh, we'll jump into that and more. And if you would like to jump in, it's 312-981-7200. Hello, Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio on a Sunday night into Monday morning. Uh, Marty DeRosa and uh, Sarah Joy Shockey are a couple that uh, have a web, uh, a podcast called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. And we love to have them on talk about uh, some pro wrestling um, and uh, SummerSlam. WWE pay-per-view SummerSlam was... Uh, was earlier tonight, and we want to get their thoughts on that and much, much more. And it's always a lot of fun to talk wrestling with Marty and Sarah. Hello, Marty. Hey, Nick. How's it going? All right. Sarah, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Good, good, good. Um, all right. So, uh, first of all, um, uh, Marty, tell us about the uh, podcast. Uh, Marty and Sarah love wrestling. We have kind of a, uh, a comedic take on the world of professional wrestling every week, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. There you go, and it's uh, you can see it at uh, Marty and Sarah uh, LoveWrestling dot com. That is correct. How long, uh, ha- hello Sarah? How long have you been doing the uh, podcast? Gosh, I think we're coming up close to our next anniversary. Will be in March, and it'll be five years. Five years! Wow, that's pretty. Imp- that's pretty impressive. That's very very cool. Do you still like doing We've it? Covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Do you still like doing it? Absolutely. It's a highlight of the week. We changed the night that we record over the few years, but every, like, right now it's Thursdays. I look forward to the podcast every single week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So we have the results from SummerSlam. Um, I uh, did not watch, but uh, (laughs) so overall, Marty, how was the pay-per-view? How was SummerSlam? It was very good. Yeah, it was, very, it was one of their best pay-per-views in a in a long time. It was great, and all the new changes and everything, it's, it's helped quite a bit. But just the wrestling on its own was so good tonight. Yeah, well, what changes are we talking about here? So they moved out of the, you know, with, with the, the COVID, obviously, you can't do live shows. So they started doing shows from their performance center, which is basically just a warehouse. And, you know, they used all their all, all they could to make it look like a normal arena and finally this past weekend was the first time they moved to the uh amway center where the orlando magic play and they took it over and they have this tech company that's known for just like tricking out stages and arenas for events and it's all these monitors and everything they kind of stepped up their game much like sort of the nba it's kind of their version of that it's called the thunderdome and uh it makes everything a whole lot more fun yeah now they 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 actually had um monitors in the in the uh, in the crowd to make it look like and it was just people's faces to make it look like there was a crowd but they were all on monitors yeah you, you logged on and uh, there was a whole process i guess and it can be a little distracting sometimes because you're watching these monitors sometimes a little more than the match but when the match is good you kind of forget about it and from a distance it's it's it looks you know almost as close as possible to the real thing yeah yeah it's it's i saw a little bit of the footage it's it was a uh, kind of interesting to see 
Uh, now, Marty and, and Sarah, you guys actually, did, did wrestling bring you together? Yeah, that's how we actually, uh, we met each other through the podcast. I was looking to start a new podcast, and uh, there were no uh, females, really, so I thought that would be uh, a, a good place to start. So I tried, well, you know, sort of auditioned a couple people, and uh, when I did the uh, podcast with Sarah, it just clicked right away. And then we started dating uh, about a year later. Wow! Look at that, Sarah was it was a love at first sight, huh? <laughs> it was one of those things that was really uh, complicated at the time because I was like, "Oh, this is so great! I know Marty's this great comedian. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do such a good podcast." And I was dating somebody at the time, so I was like, "This is great! It's so professional." And then, like <laughs> a little ways in, I was like, "Oh no." I like him. This is going to ruin everything, but it didn't, and I ended up transitioning nicely into dating Marty, and we still do the podcast, so look at that. I wish I could go back and tell myself how easy it was. Oh, look at that. It worked out, it worked out great for you. Uh, okay, yeah. let, Sarah, how did you get into wrestling? So uh, a bunch of my friends and I used to watch wrestling at Cardinal, um, this bar up in Lincoln Square, and they would put it on Monday nights for us, and mostly I was just hanging out with my friends, but then after a little while, I started seeing a few of the same people, and I was like, who's this Dean Ambrose? Tell me his story. I started asking (laughs) questions, and once you start asking questions, then you're in, and I was like hooked and you know doing research and finding out all the history and stuff, and yeah. I'm still learning a whole bunch. There's so much wrestling. There is. There's a lot. There's a ton. Marty, uh, ever since you were a kid, did you get into it? Oh, yeah. Since I can remember, I was a little kid. Flipping through, it came on after cartoons, and I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm, I'm into it, and it's been nonstop ever since then. Yeah. Yeah, I, it is one of those deals where you know, like for me, just like just like you, Marty, it was I was a, I was a, I was a little kid watching. Uh, that's how I I started watching wrestling when I was a kid, and uh, and have been watching it ever since. You know, I'm 55 years old and I still watch wrestling, and 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 I yeah. and I have no apologies for it. I I love to watch pro wrestling. I just think it's great. Yeah, that's always been the deal with me. Where it's like, if you were my friend growing up, you liked wrestling. There was no no two ways about it. Like we were watching the pay per views. At all the big shows, and it's just like if you were if you were uh, either dating me or friends of mine, it's like you you watch this. It was just part of the deal. Yeah, there was that uh, just the big the big eighties uh, uh, leap. You know uh, when it when it, they became like basically rock stars, and uh, MTV got involved, and the Cindy Lauper uh, and everything, and that's when wrestling really really did take off nationally. You know. Yeah, that was the best. Like you could watch the eight team, and Hulk Hogan would be on it, or Saturday Night Live, and they'd be on there. And they were—I mean, just like wrestlers were were on everything, and they were such household names. Yeah, it was it was it was a fun time. It was a fun time, and I've been watching wrestling, you know, uh, for forever, and I still think it's great. Um, so uh, uh, the the pay per view from uh, from earlier tonight was SummerSlam, and that is—is is it? Would you would you guys say that uh, Sarah? Would you say that that probably second only to WrestleMania as the biggest pay-per-view of the year? Yeah, it's close for the Royal Rumble, but those are the big three. Those are the ones that I feel like the uh, WWE Network gets the most traffic. Yeah, but Royal Rumble's a great one, though. That's a that's always a, that's always a fun, yeah. uh, fun pay-per-view. Uh, but I always I, I remember SummerSlam just being really... I mean, I know that there's, a, there's always been a huge buzz surrounding SummerSlam. Um, and and that uh, it's been a very 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 popular uh, pay per view with uh, wrestling fans, and uh, they always they always do a good job uh, uh, promoting it too. 
Yes, I was called the biggest party of the summer, and they it is kind of like it's the second WrestleMania, like halfway in between the year, and it's kind of the the cutoff. And and yeah, after tonight, it was it was made their product uh, very exciting again. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the SummerSlam. We'll do a recap uh, for the uh, pay per view of SummerSlam. Uh, and if you want to jump in, you got uh, some wrestling questions or wrestling comments. Uh, 312-981-7200. We'd love to hear from you. 312-981-7200. We got a SummerSlam, uh, recap that we're going to do. Uh, NXT, uh, they get the NXT takeover. We got results from that. And, uh, AEW, the Dynamite, uh, we'll do a little, uh, recap on, uh, the, uh, latest episode of AEW. How's AEW doing, Marty? It's, uh, it, it, awesome. yeah, it's yeah. huge, right? They're doing great. Uh, they're just, you know, they're not trying to be, the biggest company in the world. They sort of found their spot and they're uh, putting on great shows, fun TV, and uh, the ratings are good. I'm sure TNT is happy with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, you got, and you got to love Chris Jericho. He's always good. He just keeps getting better with age. It's he crazy. Does. Uh, he's, he's fantastic. I've always been a huge fan of Chris Jericho, and I think uh, what they're doing with AEW is, is really cool. And, t- and taking on uh, NXT, d- you know, directly, that's a pretty big move. Yeah, head to head on Wednesdays. Yeah. One is on USA. One is on TT. It's our favorite night of wrestling. Like Wednesday is the new. Remember when Monday back with Raw and Nitro was the night. Wednesday is the night now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you guys, hang on. Okay. We'll do. All right. All right. All right. There you go, Marty and Sarah. Uh, they love wrestling. <laughs> so they've got a podcast called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, and you can check it out at Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling dot com. All the results from SummerSlam, we'll talk about uh, NXT, and we'll also talk about AEW. We're talking wrestling, and if you want to join us, it's 312-981-7200. That's the uh, Team Hockberg phone line. So uh, call us up, wrestling fan, questions, comments, 312-981-7200. Hey, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio. We're here until uh, uh, 4. Yeah, right? (laughs) 4. My dad's going to call in later on to tell a joke because it'll be Monday morning and it's a jokey-jokey time. Comedian uh, Calvin Evans is going to join us. Uh, he's got a couple of gigs up at uh, over at Zany's on Well Street. We'll talk about that, plus his uh, work here in Chicago. And he's on the Comedy Central, very popular show called Southside. Tom, you're a fan of, of Southside. Correctamundo. Yeah. Thank you, Fonzie. Uh, we're talking wrestling. You know, there was a big pay-per-view earlier uh, tonight, and of course it's SummerSlam. And uh, Marty DeRosa and Shara Joy Shockey uh, have a podcast called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. And uh, we're doing a little recap of uh, not only SummerSlam, but some of the other wrestling news. And here's Marty and uh, Sarah. Hello. Hello, Nick. Okay. So overall, you enjoyed, Marty, we'll start with you. You enjoyed uh, SummerSlam. I did. Yeah, it was a great show. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and Sarah, you with that, right? Yeah, I really like the um, like having a crowd, even if it's virtual. It really adds to the excitement and the big feel of SummerSlam. Yeah, no, you know, I wanted to ask you if if let's say there's someone who hasn't watched wrestling in a really you know in a really long time, 
Is it good to get back into it now? Is the product really strong, in your opinion, to for people to get back into it if they haven't watched in a while? I think right now it's really interesting historically because we're seeing everybody adjust to 2020 all over the place. Yeah. But wrestling especially, it's been running this whole time because it was declared an essential business. So um, I think in terms of like, it's not a normal time to watch wrestling, but it's a very interesting time to get into wrestling. Yeah. Marty, what do you think? Yeah, I think with like AEW, uh, which is just sort of a newer company, I think that's like a, a fun one to jump back into if you miss like WCW. It's got a lot of a lot of it is very WCW like. It's got a lot of those old vibes. Uh, so if you're one of those fans, I would check that out. Uh, and and just to see how because I'm not a huge you know wrestling's my number one and only sport for the most part. But I do like checking out like what's baseball doing, what's football doing, what's basketball doing with the you know with the pandemic. And yeah. I think uh, it's interesting to see how some of these different companies are doing. And some have small crowds, some have no crowds. So it's, it's interesting to see. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange time, man. It really is. But uh, you know, uh, it, it, as a fan right now of wrestling, I think they're doing a I think they're doing a pretty bang up job. I got to say. Um, you know, as long as everybody is safe, you know, and as you know, as long as you know the 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 participants and the and the crowd is safe and uh, you know and healthy, that's that you know because I think the product is pretty strong. Yeah, and and on all levels too, because Sarah could speak on this. She did a uh, she does color commentating also for Black Label Pro, which is a an independent company in Northwest Indiana. And she was at the show. Everybody had masks on. They tested all the wrestlers. It's, it's interesting to see how every company sort of deals with it from the small levels up. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's a challenge, man. And uh, and I think I think a lot of the wrestling companies are rising to the occasion and you know providing much needed entertainment because we need this kind of entertainment now. You know, I mean, I I I, I wrestling takes me away from all the nonsense in the world. You know. Yeah. This is. I mean, I don't know what I would be watching if if i wasn't watching wrestling as much as i had because this weekend was just non-stop which is like such a nice treat and you know you, then you turn on the news and you go oh yeah this is all still happening but for a little while wrestling or whatever you're into and for me it's wrestling can take you out of that yeah okay all right let's uh get a caller here is chris on wgn go ahead chris hey nick you were right about that wrestling does take away from the politics and the, what's going on today yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, but I I want to talk about you know like Summer Slams like they showed the older Summer Slams on Fox this past Saturday. Yeah, they showed some of the old Summer Slams uh, uh, over the weekend. Yeah, I got a few favorite ones like from the past. Uh, you remember uh, Summer Slam was '91 when Miss Elizabeth and Randy Savage got married, and and then when they was at the reception, it was a, a King Cobra in one of the presents. And Undertaker bashed Savage in the head, and they were terrorizing the reception. <laughs> so you remember that one, Marty? Oh yeah, that was that was the SummerSlam that was entitled "The Match Made in Heaven" and "The Match Made in Hell," where Macho Man's wedding was the match made in heaven, and uh, Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, against Sergeant Slaughter and his uh, and his goons was the no match way, made man, in hell. Colonel Mustafa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 classic stuff right there. Classic stuff. SummerSlam has always been kind of a fun one. Um. So yeah. All right. Hey, thanks, Chris, for the call. All right. Let's get. Let's go through the uh, through uh, the results here. Um. You had the United States uh, United States champion with Apollo Cruz versus MVP, and that was the that was the first match of the of the of the evening. 
Yeah, that was the uh, the pre-show match, and uh, Apollo Crews retained the title, doing a cool little flip on MVP. Ah, okay. Um, and uh, well, how did you feel, Sarah, about that match? Did you like that one? Uh, I was at that point getting the snacks in place oh. for uh, <laughs> greater evening, so I let Marty fill me in, oh, okay. which so often happens. He usually parks it, and then I do the run around and uh, get settled a little later. But you know what? I support the result. Okay. All right. Apollo Crews uh, is uh, is your winner. Um, all right. How about the SmackDown Women's uh, Champion? That was Bailey versus Asuka. Um, and this was the first of two matches for Asuka. Um, yeah, this has been this has been like a big, big angle on TV, and Oscar has has been one of the brightest stars of the of the whole quarantine. She kind of figured it all out at the start, and, and a lot of the TV has been based around her. Yep. Uh, and then on the other side, Sasha and Bailey, who have been just like the two evil women, you know, who have taken over both women's divisions on Raw and SmackDown. So that would be the the first match of the of the night with these two or these three was. Uh, Bailey and Asuka, they just had a, just an awesome match. It was just so good. Yeah. And I, uh, ba- Bailey retained due to some uh, sort of some chicanery for Sasha, but it didn't yeah. really play out the way I thought it would, yeah. Well, I, for me, you know, I mean, the, my favorite performer right now is Asuka I, I, in the entire WWE. I, I just think she's great. And she's great in the ring, and she's hilarious on the mic. Um, and I wish that they would have her sit at the table and do a little more play-by-play because that was hilarious. <laughs> um, I just have th- you ever checked out her video blog on YouTube? It's really good. Oh, is it? Oh, I'll yeah, have to ch- I'll very have to ch- cute, very funny. I'll have to check Resourceful. it out. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. But uh, um, no, she's she's definitely my favorite right now, Asuka. I just think she's fantastic to watch. Okay, the uh, ra- the Raw Tag Team Champion, the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. And uh, the, yeah, the Street, street Profits won. I was shocked the Street Profits won this match. This is sometimes you watch and you're just like, I know what's going to happen here. Clearly, they're going to win. But yeah, the Street Profits retain the title. Wow. Okay, that's kind of a surprise. Very much so. Yeah. Um, Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. No disqualification. Loser leaves WWE. So what happened there? This there. one I really like because it got so intense. It was going to be a hair versus hair match. Right. And then Sonya Deville was like, hey, everybody knows that I don't care if I lose my hair, so let's up to Annie. I know I can beat you. How about we do a loser leaves WWE match? And then she lost, and she was, like, crying. Like, you really felt like she lost her job. And I know, like, hopefully there's, you know, a plan for the next step. But, like, you really felt it. And I think she's one of the best performers right now, Sonya Deville. I just believe everything she says. I think she's such a great wrestler. Oh, okay. So it was a good, it was a, that was a good match then? Very, yeah, very good match. A, lot, like a, a great brawl. And they did some, some fun brawling. Did, so uh, definitely fun to check out. And Otis made an appearance, correct? Oh, <laughs> Otis yeah. was out to celebrate at the end, yeah. Like only he can. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins in a street fight. This has been, been a real crazy angle. Um, yeah, this was great. This was uh, Dominic's debut. Ray Mysterio's, like, had him in a 20, like, two or kid, 22-year-old kid. Uh, his first match in, on this giant stage, and he did such a great job. It was it was really awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right, and that 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 angle's uh, uh, you know pretty crazy. I mean that the the, the stuff with uh, with Mysterio's eye that was just insane when they first when tonight. They, yeah, and then tonight they get uh, Dominic's mom involved, so it's like it's getting even crazier. It's, wow, it, it really 
it went to the next level tonight. Yeah, they got the mom involved, so it was very good. Well, Rollins has been doing a good job as a as a heel. I mean, he's really you know he's really obviously embracing it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And he did he he always uh, with the with the gear that he wears. Whether you know if they're in like third Chicago, he have like Bears inspired gear, or he'll do comic book characters or whatever. It's always something to watch out for. Yeah. And his gear was uh, a, a replica of Rey Mysterio's like famous purple gear from uh, Halloween Havoc when he wrestled Eddie Guerrero. Oh years wow. Ago. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. Really cool. That's pretty cool. All right, uh, the Raw Women's Championship, Sasha Banks versus Asuka, and this time Asuka won. Yeah, this was the second half of that of that chapter, and uh, Sasha and Bailey are kind of, you know, playing off this thing of like, well, you'll beat her. No, you'll beat her. Don't worry about it. And then finally when it came down to it, uh, Asuka was able to, to beat uh, Sasha in a re- another really, like, just technically awesome match they were just throwing each other around like crazy, and uh, Asuka ended up winning the Raw title. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, hang on, okay? Marty and Sarah are with us. They love wrestling. We all love wrestling. If you want to jump in, it's 312-981-7200. Hello, Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio here until 4. Um, and coming up after uh, midnight, we're going to be uh, joined by uh, Calvin Evans, who's a uh, stand-up comedian. You can see him on the show uh, on Comedy Central Southside. He's got a couple of gigs at Zany's on Wells. Uh, we'll talk about that and more and the world of comedy. 312 981 7200. That's our phone number. Uh, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. My guests right now are Marty DeRosa and Sarah Joy Shockey. They have a podcast called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. And we're talking some wrestling. Um, and here's Marty and Sarah. Hello. Hello, Nick. Hello. All right. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus uh, Randy Orton. This was a big one, right? Oh yeah, this was uh, one of the the co-main events, and it was uh, it was so good. It was not what I expected at all. I thought for sure Ric Flair was going to come out and cost Drew McIntyre, but instead they just let these two wrestle. Uh, it was hard hitting. They both bled. Uh, they call it hard way, which means they didn't you know cut themselves with a blade. It was like real deal stuff. It was really good. Yeah, you liked it, uh, Sarah. You know, I really did like what I thought. This was the point where my sister called me and had a very important topic she wanted to discuss. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, it's SummerSlam, but I also want to be a good sister. So I missed most of it. But then when I came out, I was so excited because I really like Drew McIntyre, having seen him on the indies for a while, his two times in WWE, and I'm I'm happy for him to retain the title. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of Drew McIntyre. I think he's great. Uh, I've always, I've always liked uh, Drew McIntyre. I think he's just fantastic. So he wrestled in uh, AEW in Berwyn, and he was like a giant among everybody else. He just stood like he just walked in, and everybody's like, "Oh, this guy's clearly a superstar." This is when he was let go by WWE. Yeah, and he was wrestling anywhere that would have him really, and he just showed up, and it was just like, "Oh, yeah, this guy is, is different than everybody else." Yeah, and I interviewed him in the ring, and he kept lifting up the microphone because he's so tall. He kept lifting up the microphone, like, <laughs> "Bring it up a little, bring it up a little higher for me." Yeah, he's a big dude. He is a big dude. 
Uh, Braun Strowman versus the fiend Bray Wyatt. Um, this has been a weird storyline. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to say that's the one least. way to put it. Yeah, yeah. weird is one way to put it. Uh, what, what would you? What did you guys think of that match? Sarah, what did you think? No, I've been just kind of like, whatever you guys are doing with Alexa, I'm just going to wait it out. And I was rewarded because the end Roman Reigns returned, and I was really, really happy to see him. Yeah, that's what I thought. I heard that Roman Reigns came back. So that was a big surprise, correct? He came back with veneers. It was the big talk of the wrestling world. Everyone's <laughs> like, what's his mouth so smiley for? And Sarah's like, oh, it's probably like a mouth guard. And I'm like... I don't know. And then I did some research, and everyone's like, "Yeah, he got he's got veneers or something." Uh-oh. His arms were gigantic. He, he hasn't he hasn't uh, wrestled since the quarantine started, and he uh, he looks amazing, uh, veneers and all. But he came out after uh, Bray Wyatt and the Fiend won the title, and uh, uh, Roman took both of them out. And this was like, I don't know if it's like a full fledged heel turn, but he was very aggressive, and it made me want to watch the show on Friday. There you go. All right. Mm. So overall, good, good, uh, really, really good uh, pay per view in your opinion, right? Really good. Yeah, really good. Okay. All right. Yeah, I had a blast. Very cool. All right. Let's talk a little bit about um, the uh, NXT Takeover. Uh, how was that for you? So NXT Takeover, they're still uh, wrestling from sort of the uh, Full Sail, which is the the college in Orlando. Uh, they they put on shows from there. They've done that forever. And it just doesn't, it's, it's got a, a real kind of like, I don't know, the feel there is kind of lame or dull. I don't know the right word for it. It's just kind of a, a boring atmosphere. And the shows have, have sort of reflected that. And they, they don't have that same NXT buzz they had a little while ago. Everyone wrestled really hard, but the show just kind of, uh, it just felt a little, a little not as exciting as usual. Yeah. <clears throat> Sarah, where do you stand on some of the matches that were there, you know, uh, for uh, the NXT TakeOver? That was another show that I got the highlights of. As Marty said yesterday, um, I was booked on an independent wrestling show, the first one I had done since February, and I commentated 25 matches yesterday for three shows. And uh, so I caught all the highlights from AEW and NXT. It was like I'm not used to having a wealth of wrestling to draw from, so I got all the highlights. And if you had asked me, I'd have been like, yeah, it was a great show. Look at all these exciting moments that happened. But, of course, like I didn't really get to see everything unfold as it happened for uh, AEW or NXT, but uh, I'm still very hooked in and excited for everything that's coming next. Um, what were, uh, did you have a, Marty, did you have a highlight at least from the NXT TakeOver? Was there a, a couple of good matches that you'd, you'd agree with? Yeah, I would say the, uh, I, I would say that the, the ladder match for the North American title, those ladder matches are always wild. They, they do some crazy things. That was really good, and I thought Finn, Finn Balor and, uh, and Timothy Thatcher was just a good, like, ground wrestling match that was just, like, really hard-hitting. Yeah. Well, Finn Balor, I, I'm a huge fan. I, I think he's I yeah, think he's, he's great. I think he's great. So that was a, that was a, that was a, that was a highlight then. There you yeah, go. that, those ladder matches, you can never, you can never get enough of those ladder matches with everybody flipping around and crashing into tables. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that was a, it, there, it was a mixed pay-per-view, but it was, uh, or the NXT TakeOver. Um, yeah. So, all right. But now, uh, AEW, uh, AEW Dynamite results for uh, this uh, past uh, um, Wednesday. Um, how, how are you? Uh, in, I mean, we mentioned that Dynamite is, uh, you know, the AEW right now is the is the place to be. Um, what were you thinking about some of the last uh, the last broadcast? It was good. 
good. It was it was uh, preempted with the NBA, so it was on Saturday uh, instead of Wednesday. And it felt like if you ever watched WCW Saturday Night back in the day, and you were like waiting for the Braves game to end, so yeah. you get your WCW. And there was right. there was an NBA playoff game that was once it ended, then it started. And I just got that nostalgic wave back to like 1983. Uh, 1993, like waiting for you know the Braves game to wrap up so I can watch WCW Saturday Night. Yeah, so it kind of felt the same way. Uh, it was a great show. They're they're building towards a pay per view, but they still put on pretty big shows. And they knew they were going up against NXT, so they uh, they had some really fun matches. And uh, the the main event was uh, interesting, where you thought it would be this really competitive match with Mr. Brody Lee and uh, and Cody, but Brody just destroyed him, and it was very interesting storytelling. Oh, all right. What did you think, Sarah? It's been really fun to watch the Dark Order storyline. Like, they're this group that kind of seem like a cult, and they don't seem like they have it together behind the scenes. But then when they face everybody, they're this, like, threat. And it was really fun to watch that kind of ramp up to where everybody kind of treated them like a joke, and they leaned into being a joke, and then all of a sudden flipped it around, and they're like, this amazing faction that are really exciting to watch. And uh, I think they're doing that with a lot of groups. They just brought Eddie Kingston in. He's one of our favorites for a long time. And uh, it's just very exciting. You feel the snowball rolling down the hill. It's exciting to be a part of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, that, I think that they're doing a great job over there. How's it, uh, how, how are uh, they handling John Moxley? Oh, man, he's, he's the champ. He's the top guy. They're letting him kind of do his thing. He had a, a promo setting up his match with MJF, and it was just so good to watch somebody just kind of be themselves. And he cut this really cool promo and just really setting the match up good. Yeah. And MJF, like a good a good wrestling bad guy, wants his uh, his finisher outlawed. He has his lawyer involved, and they're trying to get it banned. So it's just classic yeah. pro wrestling. Fantastic, and then uh, then how, and uh, how about uh, how about Jericho? He's still uh, sort of dominating. <laughs> yeah, so Jericho, uh, he's the former champ, and he's been shooting with Orange Cassidy. Who, if you're not aware of Orange Cassidy, I think you, I, Nick, I think you would really enjoy his antics. Uh-huh. Um, he's just this uh, cool guy who wears jean jacket and jeans and just has his hands in his pockets the whole time and couldn't be couldn't be bothered with anything. And uh, Jericho is really annoyed with them, and they've been having this back and forth feud and uh and since he's orange cassidy and jericho is like the the champagne guy i don't know if you saw the bubbly stuff yeah so they're gonna have a uh, a mimosa battle where you can win by <laughs> submission or throw your opponent in a giant vat of mimosas <laughs> so again when when wrestling is good it's like yeah that's that's pretty good that's there you go that's that's what you gotta love all right. Well, listen. Uh, the uh, w- the uh, the podcast is Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. You can check it out, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling dot com. Always a pleasure, uh, guys, and I'm glad you enjoyed SummerSlam. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I hope you enjoy it when you watch it. Okay, thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Marty. Thanks. Okay, there you go. All right, you can check out their uh, their website. It's Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling dot com for a full uh, report on uh, SummerSlam and more. It's always fun to talk wrestling with them. They really, it's really fun to talk with them. I love the fact that they got together because of wrestling. Got plenty good loving. Ask me how.
All right. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. It is a Monday morning. And that means uh, a little bit later on, my dad's going to call in and tell a joke because we like to start the work week with a joke. That's coming up later. Uh, classic Johnny Carson. You know, Johnny Carson show, you can watch it um, every night on Antenna TV. And then uh, every uh, morning at uh, around 2.30, we like to play back some classic comedy from the Johnny Carson show. Sometimes it's a sketch. Sometimes it's an interview. Sometimes it's stand-up. We got some stand-up from uh, George Miller. Very, very funny guy. It's his second appearance uh, on um, the Johnny Carson show. Uh, he was a regular on uh, David Letterman's show. David Letterman loves George Miller. So uh, he was there, too. So we're going to talk about terrifying animals that you are glad are extinct. And we're going to talk about uh, being teased as a as a kid and um, and how you dealt with it and, and how it affected you. And that's all coming up. Uh, 312-981-7200. That's the Team Hochberg phone line. We would love to hear from you. Right now, I would like to welcome Calvin Evans uh, to the show. He's a comedian. You can check out CalvinEvansComedy.com. Um, he's got a couple of gigs uh, at the uh, Zanies on Well Street coming up this weekend. And uh, he's also uh, been on television a bunch of times. And uh, he, let's say, I want to say hello to Calvin. Hi, Calvin. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm great. Good, 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 good. When did you get into comedy? You started uh, comedy when you were in uh, you were in uh, Champagne. Yeah, uh, I started. Uh, it was my junior year of college. I was on the verge of getting kicked out of school, and somebody asked me to do a variety show, and uh, I did it, and I, I fell in love with it. How? Well, why were you on the verge of getting kicked out of school, Calvin? Just academic probation. I, um, I, I, I was a walk-on for the team, and I ended up getting cut, and I just kind of gave up on school. But uh, the, the the story ends well. I, I get back, and I got I got kicked out, but I got back in, and I graduated. Oh, there you go. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Congratulations on that. You were studying. You got a degree in sport management. Tell me about that. Um, you know what? Uh, sport management. Uh, uh, the University of Illinois. They had a great uh, recreation sport and tourism program. And uh, sport management was just like a like a it kind of like had all, like it had like a business aspects, planning aspects, uh, event. It, it had like a lot of things. It, it was in sports, which I was interested in. Yeah. But, uh, once I I started doing comedy, uh, I was like, I don't I don't need this degree. I, I know what I want to do. <laughs> so what? in comedy just got, it, it, it just took a hold of you then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when you started, uh, how how were the gigs and uh, and uh, what were you writing about? Well, I won't, I won't say that they were gigs um, on campus because I was only performing on campus amongst my peers. It was mostly me hosting shows and just kind of talking about uh, things that, 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 that like, so I, I host, like, say, like a dance competition or something like that. And then I just go on stage and talk about what just happened on stage and point stuff out and just this obs- a lot of observation and humor and, um, you know, just make fun of stuff. So I didn't really, I, I didn't have gigs and I, I didn't say I had material. I was just kind of a CNSA. I was a CNSA guy. I'm going to say, hey, did y'all see that? His pants fell down when he was, and I just point things out. Everybody laughing. That, that was the, that was, that was the, uh, the, that was the job when I, when I uh, got on campus, but it wasn't until 2000 and, and uh, I want to say eight. When I I did this uh, comedy competition, uh, it was like a, a a college comedy competition. It came down to U of I. Uh, they picked eight people out of the competition. They took us to Zanies in Chicago, and we competed against uh, Illinois State. 
and that was my first time like performing outside of um, campus. Yeah. And then, and then a couple of years later, I finally came back to Chicago and and started just kind of doing the open mic scene. Wow. Okay. All right. That sounds like uh, that sounds like fun. Uh, did you have any uh, comedic heroes when you were younger? Were there people that inspired you? My my initial, the first person person I saw do stand up was Eddie Murphy. So I, I grew up watching Eddie Murphy, Delirious and Raw. That's the Saturday Night Live, and he, he was just the funniest person in the world to me. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I'm, I'm sure that he influenced a bunch of people, just like you know, people like uh, influenced Eddie Murphy, like Pryor, obviously Richard Pryor, and and, um, and Bill Cosby clearly influenced uh, his uh, his comedy. There's no question about it. Boy, does he do a killer um, Richard Pryor too? My God, oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, how often do you write, Calvin? It's, it's funny. I actually don't. I don't write jokes down. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I just kind of write, I kind of write the idea down. So if, if I have an idea about, uh, let's say cars, I just write down, I'll write down like a title, but I kind of, I kind of work jokes in my head and then I go on stage and, and then I just say them. So it, it's kind of hard for me to actually construct because, because a lot of times when you write a joke down on paper, it's not, it's not funny. Yeah. Like if you just read it. You just like, oh, it's not funny. But a lot of times it's, a, it's in a delivery and a, you know, you know how you say things that makes things funny sometimes. So. I haven't. I stopped writing jokes down immediately after I tried it. Oh, I see. Okay, well, that's interesting. The way that's an interesting way to work. Yeah, I, I watched a lot of uh, stand. Not stand. I'm sorry. I watched a lot of poetry in college. Like people would go on stage and and, and tell these and just to tell these like five minute poems with all the rhythm and the rhyme. And I was just impressed by it. And I was like, man, I wish I had a memory like that. So my my, I always wanted to be able to just kind of have like a, a catalog, like a, a strong memory to go on stage and just you know recite you know my material without having to write it down. Yeah. So I think I, I say poet, poet, a lot of poets were my inspiration for that. That's interesting. Okay, Calvin, hold on. All right. All right. All right. Calvin Evans is with us. Um, he has got a couple of gigs at Zany's on Wells Street on uh, Friday, uh, August twenty eighth, and Saturday, August twenty ninth. And uh, we'll talk more about that. And if you want to join us, it's 312-981-7200. If you would like to jump in here and talk a little comedy with Calvin Evans right here on 720 WGN. Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. It is a Monday morning, uh, and my dad's going to call in later on to tell a joke, because it's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. We play back some classic uh, comedy from the Johnny Carson Show. George Miller, uh, his second appearance on The Tonight Show is what we're going to play back. And uh, there you go. Uh, We're talking about being teased as a kid. And uh, some terrifying animals that uh, you'll be glad that that they are extinct. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the phone number. Calvin Evans is with us. He's a stand up comedian. You can check out calvinevanscomedy dot com. He's got a couple of gigs at Zany's uh, coming up this weekend, Friday and Saturday, uh, August twenty eighth and 29th. and it's at the Zany's on Wells. Uh, hello, Calvin. Hey, hey, hey! So uh, you, you got you got to love Zanies, right? It's one of the best rooms you can play in. 
Absolutely. Probably one of the one of the top clubs in the country. Uh, probably one of the oldest ones too. Yeah, it's been I'm there not, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and I, as I as I'm listening to the to the show, I realize I remember that I was WGN Chicago's next big comic. Oh, you were. I was. They, they, they did this competition back in 2010, and uh, it was they partnered with Zanies, and they like did like this online competition where you have to submit uh, a video clip, and people were going and vote, and then the top four got to perform at Zanies uh, on the night with uh, Pat Tomasulo and uh, Anna Anna Bonham. I, I'm saying her name wrong. I'm killing it. Anna and um and I won the competition, so I was named Chicago's next big comic. Oh, congratulations, man! That must have been fun. Oh yeah, that I, I it, it was probably the probably the best thing to happen because I, I just moved back to Chicago from college and uh, I was uh I was trying to get my my get my kind of just immerse myself in the comedy scene and I won that competition and that was my first time I won a feature spot as Amy back in uh, twenty eleven. Wow. So when, I am nine. And that, was that your first time playing Zanies? Uh, I, I did. I did like some, um, like some uh, showcases. I showcased there, but mm-hmm. I didn't get past that. I didn't get past at the club. But I came back two years later and won the competition. So that was that was my way into the club. Oh, that's great. That's a great. It's a. It is a great club. It's a. It is great. And uh, you know, everybody at Zanies is fantastic. Bert's a great guy. Um, and it's just been. Uh, it's 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 great to have that club in this city. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, definitely, definitely Chicago stable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, what other places have you played, uh, Calvin? Um, uh, you know, the Laugh Factories, uh, Chicago, uh, Los Angeles, uh, the Comedy Store in Los Angeles. Uh, it's, there's so many clubs around the country. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting all of them. Yeah. Um, what's it like, like yeah, Calvin? What's it like to play the Comedy Store in in in, uh, in L.A.? Because I mean, that place is legendary. Absolutely, it's like when you when you walk in and you see all the names of the other comics that have have performed there and the, and the current ones. Like they they update the names on the walls, and they got three rooms. But it's just like it's like it's like a comedy. I hate to, I hate to I hate to say, but a comedy factory. Like you just go from room to room, and it's like just different shows going on at the same time. Yeah, and you see you see some of the best uh, comedians in the country. So it's it's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of history there. I mean, just really a lot of history, and uh, at the comedy store. And uh, you, 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 are you on the road a lot, Calvin? Uh, not now. No, yeah. absolutely not now. But yeah. um, when, 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 um, before, before all this happened, yeah, I was, uh, I, I did cruise ships. I was doing colleges and, and clubs around the country. Yeah. Now, are you doing the? You know, since a, a lot of people are confined now uh, inside, and you know, some things are reopening very slowly. But have you been doing like the virtual comedy? Have you been doing that on? Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, online and uh, virtually. I have. I, I've done a few shows, and it's, it's actually it's not as bad as 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 I thought it was initially. And then once I kind of I, I figured out how to to make it work for myself, I think it 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 became a tool for me to work out new material uh, during during the shutdown. And then and slowly as um places start to open back up, I was able to get out. I I just this uh, yesterday performed in a in a backyard. I did a backyard comedy. Oh, show. you did. Yeah. Um, yeah, with a, with a friend of mine. So it was like, you know, you there, there's nothing like that that instant gratification of an actual live crowd. Yeah. But the the, on, the online shows kind of they kind of keep you keep you like a uh, in in uh, in rhythm. Yeah, you just keep you you know, you 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 don't want to get rusty. You know what I mean? You got to you want to keep working. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an interesting time now. It's a, it's a very big big challenges uh, happening. But um, you know, things are starting to open up a little bit. 
and um, it, it's it's got to be fun now to uh, to actually have a real crowd though. That's got to be that's got to be really great though because you miss that. No, oh, I definitely do. I'm um, I'm super excited about this weekend uh, to, to to be you know at my home club in Chicago. Yeah, and just you know you know see friends, family, and just just to be on stage. And I, I know that they, that they Zanies is taking uh, the the precaution to make sure that everybody's safe with the social distancing, and, and uh, yep. you know the the tickets are limited to the show. Right. Uh, so I'm 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 pretty sure that they're gonna sell out. Uh, yeah. But I'm just. Just decided to be on stage. Yeah, no, I know, and, and, and we've talked about uh, some of the, uh, you know, how, how Zanies has has opened up, and uh, you know, it's it, they're they're not going to go to capacity. Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, hand sanitizer. You know, people are going to be wearing, when they come in, they're going to be wearing masks. When they leave, they're going to be wearing masks. Um, and uh, you know, the the the, the club itself is going to be cleaned, and um, you know, the staff is going to be wearing masks and all of that. And and so they're going to keep it safe. They're going to try and keep it safe. It's been doing okay. And uh, it, it's going to be great to get you back on the stage at Zanies, right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, a lot of a lot of new material that I've been working on over this uh, over quarantine. I actually just filmed a, a comedy special uh, last month, so I'm excited to for, for that to be happening too. So kind of just you know use this opportunity to promote it, and um, and also you know just get back on stage so people can see what what's coming. Yeah, well, tell me about the special. Uh, the special is uh it's a on it's a on the network ethics it's a cable network oh sure uh, they produce they produce a, a a series called unprotected unprotected sets and it's basically like a documentary style stand-up show so i was able to sit down with them and, and really talk about my life and how i got into comedy and also perform a, a half hour special so um a lot of the material is, is like very uh centered around what's going on right now you know what, what the country is right now so I'm I'm very proud of the the body of work that I was able able to present because this is my first half hour special. So I'm super excited about it, and I, I believe it's either it's either coming out in October or February. They haven't given me the date yet. Oh, okay. Well, congratulations on that, man. That's great. Thank you. That's really great. And uh, so you've uh, also appeared on some of the uh, some of the shows here that uh, that are being filmed in Chicago. You were on Chicago PD. And uh, and mm-hmm. and some of the other uh, uh, there was APB, which was a Fox series. Uh, do you like doing TV? I love it. I love it, man. I I I love stand up comedy. That is my that is something that I will do as long as I can do it. But I really have a respect for for um, dramatic acting. So we have the opportunity to be on shows like Shameless, Chicago PD, ATB, and, and really um, really uh, use my use put my acting put it putting act, acting skills because I mean I I've done shows where I, like there's the show Southside on uh Comedy right. Central that just got just got moved to uh, HBO uh, Max. That show I get to be my I get to be a version of myself where I'm like silly and funny, but yeah. to really step into put on my acting pants and, and really really uh, get into some serious acting. I, I really have respect for it, so I enjoy it when I see I'm doing something that I, I don't typically do. Yeah, well, both uh, my producer Tom and I are both fans of Southside. Just think it's oh, uh, it's a terrific show. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I, I was looking. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say it's moving to HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. So actually, it, so the, the the great thing about that, I mean, I, I love Comedy Central, uh, but by going to HBO Max, we, the the show now has the freedom. You know, we can kind of put uh, push the limits. Uh, you know yeah. what they can do in terms of like language and you know what what was shown. So yeah. I'm, I'm super excited about that. That's really cool. Uh, so you you studied at uh, Second City Training Center. Yes, yep. yes. I graduated from the um, the conservatory back in 2013, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
I did. Uh, I did. I did Second City training as well. Oh, how'd you like it? I loved it. I uh, I, I absolutely loved it. And um, you know, um, do you think improvisation, the improvisation, uh, helps your stand up? One hundred percent, absolutely. Uh, improv, improv is a must. Improv, in my, the way I, I use it in stand up comedy, is because improv, and you know, you know, because you took the classes. Improv is constantly. It constantly keeps your brain working, so you're just taking in information, and then you're able to to spit it back out, you know, in, in different ways, in characters, and and um, improvisation. So when I'm on stage, I'm I'm doing my set material, but my brain is always working to take in things that's happening around the room, yeah. That I can bring it back, and, and it allows me it allows me to be free on stage because with improvisation, there is no there is no destination. You just kind of, you know, you're taking things as they come. So it's definitely made me a better stand-up comedian. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's, uh, I, I, I recommend people taking improv. Uh, just, I mean, even if you're not going to, if you're not going to pursue comedy or if you're not going to pursue it, I think personally it's good for your life. I think it's good for your brain. I think it, I think it's very helpful just even if you're not going to perform. I just, I, I think studying improv is really, really great. No, it, it does. Improv helps with, with a lot of like soft skills. Like it helps with listening. Like you, you have to be a great listener to be a, a good improviser. So it helps with listening and communication and being others focused. Yeah, I mean, well, so, that's yeah. that's kind of the whole point is you got to listen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty much like the, that's the whole thing, man. That's 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 what it's all about. So, um, all right, Zanies uh, this coming weekend, um, and uh, you got any, any other gigs coming up later? Uh, as of right now, this this is it. Uh, I'm I'm hopefully um, hopefully getting back out on the road uh, soon. Um, I, you know, just kind of get my schedule in order. Right. Yeah. Well, you got you know, and also because of the pandemic, it's going to be uh, you know, it, it's going to be a little uh, a little uh, a little tough to get back out on the road. But uh, we're slowly slowly getting getting back to where it was. No, absolutely. I mean, some cities, some cities and clubs are open, but I mean, because they are the only ones open, like it's, it's a mad dash for comedians to get in those clubs. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a a waiting a wait to get back in. Yeah, it's an interesting time, man. It really is. But Zanies is still going, man, and it's uh, it's you know the best club ever. And uh, you're going to be there on Friday and Saturday, August 28th and 29th. And this is the 1548 North Wells. It's the it's the Wells location uh, in uh, Old Town. Uh, live at Zanies on Friday and Saturday. Uh, and your website is calvinevanscomedy.com, correct? Yes. Okay. All right, Calvin, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it and have a great time at Zanies this weekend. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Calvin Evans is the uh, is the is is his name, and uh, he's an actor and a stand-up comedian. He studied at Second City Training Center. You can see him on TV on Southside, and he's appeared on uh, Chicago PB, uh, PD. Uh, he was on Shameless on Showtime and has done stand-up for many years. So uh, Calvin Evans, uh, check him out at Zany's um, on Friday and Saturday, the 28th and 29th. Who's that? Uh, that's a little Dan Fogelberg. That's Dan Fogelberg? Yeah. I like Dan Fogelberg. Yeah, very good. Passed away too soon. Mm. He was too young. Saw him a couple times live. Yeah, Dan Fogelberg. Didn't recognize the song right away there. 
hello, Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. Hey, uh, were you teased as a kid? 312-981-7200. How did you deal with it? And did it make you stronger? Did it affect you in any kind of way? And uh, are people still teasing as adults? Um, we would love to hear from you at 312-981-7200. So, Tom, you said that you were teased when you, yeah, it was, when you yeah. were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably, a, I don't know if it was uh, much more than the average kid. I think everybody gets teased. Oh, yeah. It's a norm, normal thing, but... Uh, yeah, I, I used to get teased a lot. No, but you're a big guy, wasn't? It? Wouldn't that deter people from teasing you at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, or I was, did they tease you because you were so big? Um, it was it was mostly because I have um, because of my size, I have larger features. So, like, I have pretty big ears. I'm not sure if you've noticed. Probably because my head has grown to <laughs> to match those those ears but well if you, look you know at a, most of the time when i see you you have headphones on so that is true so uh, i'll give yeah. you a little uh, look no those are good size ears yeah yeah no but i used to get some classics for that you know for the you big know, ears yeah for the big ears be like oh what you, what stations hey, are you picking up today hey dumbo yeah dumbo big ears um i used to get made fun of because of the way i walked because i have kind of a bigger waist so people used to make fun of me and said that I walked like a girl. What? Wow. Well, you know, it, it, sometimes it can. It, sometimes you know, kids can be really insensitive, and it can be cruel um, for for you know for kids to continue to tease other kids and make them really upset and self you know self without the self confidence and they. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's weird because kids can be cruel. They can. Um, I think we're all, as kids, sometimes we, we were guilty of that. You know, making fun of people or teasing them. I got it too, you know, because um, mostly because uh, I, I, most of the teasing that I got was uh, because of my height. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm only 5'8", you know, now. But I was like a, I was a short kid when I was growing up. You like know? when you were in when when did you hit your growth spurt? <sighs> um, probably when I was like sixteen, fifteen, or sixteen. It was in high school. I started okay. to, yeah. But I was really, I mean, like in like grade school, foot? I was like really, yeah. I was a, I was a little dude, and um, it was weird because I had a crush on this girl in grade school and she wouldn't you know she wouldn't date me because i was short not even the time of day no she gave me the t- she oh, liked yeah. me okay she but did she, like me but she, she wouldn't date me be because you, because i was so short oh, that's a t- that's a tough break no it is it sucks <laughs> then i really dug her too and uh and she liked me i know she liked me it's just that i was short and she didn't want to date me because i was so short yeah, I got te- that was the probably the biggest thing I got teased for was was my height. You know. But kids can be cruel, man. Super cruel. Um they know how to pick out your flaws and they go the, and they go at them. The thing that you're most sensitive about, right? Yeah. Yeah, kids can be cruel, man. They can be real cruel and uh, you know uh, on either side. 
So, but yeah, I was, uh, I was mostly, I got teased, you know, for other reasons as well, but mostly because I was short. That was probably number one thing. I mean, I got teased for other, <laughs> other things as well, because uh, that just goes with the territory. Um, you know, kids tease each other pretty regularly. And sometimes it can be real cruel, man. You know, you could be really hurt and you don't know it. Like you go home and you're all upset. So it's not it's not great to be uh, teased, but I, I, I think everybody has. So uh, what about, uh, we would love to hear from you at 312-981-7200. Um, were you teased when you were younger? Um, how did that affect you? And uh, yeah, so 312-981-7200. Here is Elizabeth on WGN. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Thank you for taking my call, Nicholas. Uh, back in the 50s, um, I had to wear braids. I had long, long hair. And that was considered very foreign at that time. And uh, we had desks with inkwells, and the boys used to stick my braids into yeah. the inkwell. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that before. Oh, man, it was awful. Pull on them. And, oh. and as soon as I got into high school, I cut my hair all off. Mm. Okay. And I made sure none of my daughters had long hair. All right, because of that, because of being teased for your the length of your hair. Yep. yep. Okay, Elizabeth, thanks for the call. You're welcome. Yep. Bye-bye. Yeah, the old ink wells. Yeah. We had the, uh, we didn't really actually, when I was in, when I was in school, um, we, we just had the hole in the desk where the inkwell would go, but we didn't, we weren't using them, but they were still there, like the old school desks. They had the hole right in the top right corner where the inkwell would go. And again, um, made for right-handed people. <laughs> yep. Yep, 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 yep. That's that. That's the thing. For uh, if you were a lefty, of which I, I am, I am a lefty. Um, desks and everything were made for right-handed people. The whole world was made for right-handed people. So, yeah, but we didn't have the actual ink wells. We had the hole in the desk where the ink well would go. But yeah, I've heard. I've heard. Um, I've heard that people do indeed. Uh, have indeed like had uh, their their hair dipped into the uh into the inkwells i've heard that story before and uh yeah so have you ever been teased were you uh were you teased when you were younger and how did you how did you deal with it 312-981-7200 here's eric on wgn go ahead eric how you doing nick all right what's up good mine was for having no vision okay so, I mean, it was just regular, you could mainstream regular kids. They wanted you to be, you know, they wanted you to be, um, you know, mainstream and they wanted you to, you know, be independent. But when the teachers weren't around, that's what they did. Mm. You know, and they would, you know, you go to these different, you know, classes and then like, especially like when it was PE, you know, that's when the kids, you know, they picked everybody else but but you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that could be. It can be. It, it, it can be quite cruel. Without, uh, you know, some some kids just don't. Some kids just don't uh, understand what kind of impact they're making. You know what I mean? Basically, so what I did was my vision teacher. She blindfolded them 
one of the kids and made them realize and gave them a cane and made them realize, okay, so now you tell me how to get to the lunchroom. You tell me how to get to to the school. You mm-hmm. know, you tell me how to get to whatever. So every time they made fun of me, she would blindfold the person that would do it and go, okay, so you tell me how to do this. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, uh, lessons were going to be learned, Eric. Yeah, you know, and their moms and stuff had to come up to the school, you know, and all of that because of because of it, you know. It got pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry about that, but I'm glad you're okay now, Eric. Yep. Okay, buddy. Take care. Okay. All right. 312-981-7200. We're talking about uh, being teased as a kid. Because, you know, kids kids can be cruel and don't, don't even realize it, you know, uh, and the kind of impact that teasing has on kids. It can be really sad, and it can be really you know, bad for the kids. So, uh, 312-981-7200, if you would like to join us, um, why were you teased as a child? So, Tom, you got uh, younger brothers. I do. Did they get teased as well? Um, are you guys all around the same? Are you all big? Uh, yes and no. I mean, so I'm I'm the tallest at six foot four, uh, about 250. I'm six foot four, 255. Jeez. I know. A You're brick, a big dude. Yeah. Uh, a brick thing, you know, stick house. Uh, can't say the word. But uh, then my middle brother, he's about six foot, a um, little bit leaner, but still kind of built big. And then my youngest brother is taller than him, hovering at around six two, six three. but he's like a beanpole. Oh, he's, re- he's really quite thin. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I'll say my youngest brother got teased by us and I well, feel sure. really, but when I feel really bad about it, honestly, I've apologized to him since. Yeah. Saying, but isn't know, that what terrible. brothers do? I mean, I'm an only child, so yeah, I don't. It It is. But then there's always those times where it goes a little bit too far. Sure. And then they remember. They'll never forget it. I and mean, we're all cool. We're all cool now. Yeah. But it gets brought up. You'll be like, yeah, well, I remember the time that you, you know, whooped my butt for X, Y, Z, and that was BS. So I'm still mad at you about that. You know, Um but that that is what happens, you know. The pecking order comes in, and you don't want the little brother bothering you, so you kind of push him around a little bit. Yeah, and it's not cool, you know. It doesn't make you look cool to your friends to push around your younger brother, but you do it, and uh, no, I it mean, happens all the time. Yeah, no, I've seen it. I mean, obviously, like I've said uh, before, I'm an only child, so I've never really, I haven't experienced any of that stuff. But I've seen it, you know, in in bigger families and and things like that. Um. You know, like the teasing that's that's done between siblings. It can be pretty cruel. It can be pretty cruel. So, all right. Uh, we got a, a, some phone lines open if you would like to join us on the Team Hawkberg phone line. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. We're talking about being teased. Were you teased as a kid? How did you get over it? Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm like I said before, I was teased for... Several things, but mostly because I uh, I was so short. That was the thing. That was the easy one for kids to focus on um, was the my my height. So, um, all right, we're talking about being teased. How did it affect you? Did you get over it? And three one two nine eight one seven two hundred three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Nick DeGilio on seven twenty WGN. We want to hear from you.
When I think of those east end lights Muggy nights, the curtains drawn In the little room downstairs All right, Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. We are live in the Skyline studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago here until 4 o'clock. Uh, we're here every weeknight uh, morning, uh, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Coming up, uh, we've got some uh, classic Johnny Carson. You can watch the Johnny Carson show on Antenna TV every night. And then uh, every morning around uh, 2.30, we play back some classic comedy from Johnny Carson's show. Sometimes it's a sketch. Sometimes it's an interview. Sometimes it's stand-up. George Miller is going to be uh, uh, what we hear this morning. Uh, really great stand-up comedian. And this was his second appearance on the show. Uh, the very funny George Miller. Uh, my dad is going to call in uh, later on and tell a joke because it's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. And uh, we're talking about, right now, we're talking about being teased. Were you teased as a kid? And how did you deal with it? 312-981-7200. We're just discussing how com- sometimes kids can just be cruel and not know um, the kind of effect that teasing can have on someone. So, uh, And the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. All right, 312-981-7200. Here is Myrna on WGN. Go ahead, Myrna. I was teased because I was overweight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just it hurt my feelings so, and they, they knew that they when they teased me, it would hurt me, and they just made it, that just made it even, you know, worse. And I just didn't want to go places. I didn't want to go to birthday parties or do anything where I have to go out and, and you know, socialize and yeah. get up in front of the class to give a book report, stuff. I, I was just, I, it just really wrecked my self-confidence. That's too bad. That's really too bad. I guess, you know, sometimes, Myrna, I don't think kids realize just how cruel they can be, you know? No. Just how much it hurts. So, mm-hmm. But you made it through, Myrna. Yeah, yeah, I got, I socialize, I'm better at getting out now socializing because of the jobs I've had. But the self-confidence, I still, I think that still has, you know, a lasting effect when, when kids are mean to you and tease you. And I was even hurt by, you know, physically by, by them no. uh, and then made fun of. Um, they, they, we had a, a fire drill on our big school bus, and it was really high, and two boys were supposed to help us out. And uh, that's a pretty pretty high jump yeah and instead of helping them helping me they each took one of my hands and pulled me out and flipped me on the in the gravel oh and i had to go and get the stones picked out of my knees at school and it was yeah and it was and and the thing was one of the guys who pulled me out and got me in the gravel was fat himself oh man wow the world kids can be cruel myrna i'm glad you made it through though you sound fine now Oh, I am. Great. Okay, thank you, Myrna. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. How about that, man? I mean, you know, kids don't even realize it. I don't, you know, think, I think some kids just don't even realize how hurtful that is. Well, because I, I don't think it usually, I don't know, it usually comes down to, like, one kid that convinces, you know, a lot more kids to participate. Yeah. And, and once you become the object of ridicule... It's really difficult to get get away from that. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's damn near impossible. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. Um, you know, it, it was just it was. I mean, in in, in my case, like I said, it was my height, mm-hmm. and I, I got made fun of a lot because I was short. Um, yeah. So was there was there one thing that you turned to 
as a sort of relief or a relaxing of of that tension. Well, that, you know, and, my my when I was a ki- when I was a kid, you know, uh, my my best friend when I was growing up was a guy named Dan Long, who oddly, we have a Dan Long who works here. He's here right now, isn't he? Um, and um, he was we he was always really cool with me. So if I was getting teased, he would be, he would like get my back. He would have my back. So, but it wasn't easy, man. It wasn't easy, and it was it wasn't like I it wasn't like I couldn't do anything about the situation because I was short. There was not, you know what I mean. I I couldn't change that. I'm not gonna wear lifts, uh, platform shoes, maybe. No, I mean it was the '70s. I could have. <laughs> you could have gotten away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Kids can be cruel, though, man. They really can. And I see it every once in a while. You know what I mean? So, uh, let's see. Here is uh, Bill on WGN. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, when I was a kid, um, I've had all my life, but when I was a kid, about when I was 12, about 11, 12 years old, I've had a vision problem all my life. And I had this one kid, he was about 15 years old, and five foot higher than I was, and outweighed me about, about 25 pounds. I weighed 120 pounds back then. And I just got tired of it one day, and, and I finally got into him, and I got him down, and I just jumped up on down him with my knees. All, they had to pull him off because I almost killed the kid. Mm. And after that, no one ever bothered me. And of course, then when I got into high school, I went on the four-year varsity wrestling, and I was undefeated my junior and senior year at the oh. 154-pound class. Wow. But I mean, I never, after I did that, I was, I was the hero of the whole area where i grew up yeah no you know what i mean that's that's the changing point right there is oh if, yeah because you, know, you know kid he thought he was tough yeah and i just got a hold of his right and that was it yeah 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 yeah. you'll make a statement there's no question yeah, about cause it because i cracked two of his ribs i know that oh my god <laughs> wow <laughs> bill Woo, geez yeah because he was down i just i just kept dropping on with my knees you know yeah. jeez yeah. wow all right well i'm glad you're okay now bill Oh, I'm okay now. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm okay. I, I didn't have any problem after that. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't sound <laughs> okay. like it. All right, Bill, thanks. Yeah, I, had a, I had a kid come after me with a tire iron once. Jeez. You know, in front of a drive-in movie, he was over, he was, um, well, it was over a girl. My brother was going with his girl, and he didn't like it. And our brother, he wasn't as tough as I was, and I stood up for him, and this guy come after me with a tire iron. Wow. And I'll never forget, the um, they called the sheriff. Which I knew the sheriff. The sheriff was a real good friend of my my dad and our family. And I saw the I could I could see well enough then, but I could see the red light, uh, the reflecting, and I just kind of waved him off. And the guy I kept talking to him. Finally, got up close to him, grabbed the tire iron out of his hand. It was one of those tire irons that was built bent like an L shape. Yeah. And I was about oh. I was in high school then, on the wrestling team. I don't ever forget. I took the tire iron and bent it down across my, hit it across my leg and bent it and pushed it together and threw it on the ground. I said, "Now who, who are you going to hit?" Of course, that impressed everybody too. Yeah. Wow. All right, Bill. <laughs> Thanks for the call. All right. All right. Bill had an interesting childhood. Clearly. Jeez. Uh, let's see. Here's Lulu. Go ahead, Lulu. Um. Hey, Nick. Um. My grade school did a matchless thing, and they'd come around and weigh and measure everybody and then post it on the board. And I was always taller 
than everybody. Now, why would they do this, Lulu? What? Why would they do that? I have no idea. It was I, I, it it was embarrassing. I didn't. I wasn't fat, but I always came in second on the list because of my height. And finally, around fifth grade, I think it was I developed really early, so that added more to the, you know, to the. Uh, Blocking. Yeah. And the boys started calling me Moose. And I just died. Mm. When I heard that, anytime somebody would tell me, you know, it, it could be away from school. It could be in school. And I still remember it. And I'd like to go back and punch every one of those kids in the mouth. Yeah, well, that's like I said before, kids can be really cruel. Uh, but you made it through, Lulu, and everything seems fine now. Uh, if you want to jump in here, everybody's been teased. I think everybody, everybody has experienced that at some point in their lives. It's not fun, though. You know? I mean, and, and, and in some cases, uh, 312-981-7200, in some cases, people are, are scarred by that. You know, like being mercilessly teased. Well, and the worst part is that sometimes the person that teases you, we'll call them the bully. You know, the bully goes on. You kind of hope deep down that they're going to wind up like, you know, on Skid Row or something. I know it's terrible, but you kind of hope that they're going to be miserable and that life is going to come around and say, well, you were, you know, karma, that sort of thing. Yeah. My bully is currently a UFC fighter. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so I'm I've got to let that that one die, you know. It's just like, well, I'm not I'm, I'm not trying gonna, to I'm trying I'm to remember confront that guy. I'm trying to remember some of the bullies that picked on me. There was a kid, there was a kid who was a few years older that went out of his way to pick on me. Um used to hang out this was when I was I'd go over to my friend Dan Long's house and he lived over on Ravenswood. And uh, we used to hang out in, you know, in his backyard or in the alley. And this kid lived in the neighborhood and, you know, singled me out to be picked on to the point where I was crying. Like he picked on me. I'll never forget it. We were in the in the alley behind Dan's Dan's uh, yard, and this guy, his name was Tomasetti. That was his last name. Can't remember his first name, but his last name was Tomasetti. And um, he was just really brutal. Like, would just pick on me to the point where I would be crying. And the other people that were, the other kids in the alley wouldn't do anything. They would just kind of stand there and watch this guy, watch this kid pick on me. So nobody ever came to my defense. I remember r- running home crying uh, one time. He picked on me, and he was, he, was a, he was a mean kid. Just a mean, mean kid. So, and sometimes, you know, you don't even realize. I mean, he knew what he was doing. He knew he was picking on me. He knew that it would, that, that it, you know, that it was mean. But some kids don't. Like I said, when kids are teasing you, they don't. They don't really think about it, like in terms of sensitivity. So, all right, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the phone number. Um, you want to jump in here? We'll talk more about teasing. Everybody, hold on. Uh, but right now, we got to get to the news. Oh, 
white pants points hollering down She was a black-haired beauty with big dark eyes And points all her own sudden way up high Right. Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN live in the Skyline studio here until 4 o'clock. Uh, it's Monday. That means uh, a little bit later on my dad's going to tell a joke because it's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. We are going to uh, talk about terrifying animals that you're glad are extinct. <laughs> and uh, right now we're talking about being teased. Were you teased as a kid? Uh, how'd you get over it? How'd you deal with it? 312-981-7200. Because kids can be cruel. Like, um, you know, some kids have a, like a, you know, obviously like a, a stuttering problem and that's just going to open up the door to more teasing or really any sort of speech impediment I yeah. know, was really, even when I was a kid was pretty bad. You know, they would just be harsh on these kids. I was like, you know, why they, they can't control it. You know, right. I know, I know some people, if you're, you know, being tongue tied. Yeah, can really affect your speech, and uh, obviously there is there are medical procedures for that one. But it's like, why? Why even bother being mean to a kid to the point where they're afraid? You know, you have reading in class, right? Like yeah, I mean that's, they, that that could really, you know, that could really affect the kid. They're sweating bullets before they even yeah. You know, they don't want to get to read. They don't want to even open up their mouths and talk. I mean that's that's terrible. Yeah, and kids can be really cruel. I don't think I think some kids just don't even realize the kind of effect that it can have, you know, that teasing can have on 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 the kid. You know, like really a mental effect and a sometimes even a physical effect. So, um but you mostly got teased because of your size, is that is that what 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 Yep. What, what? yep. I got teased for my size, got teased for my ears. Uh, I got teased for... Your ears don't seem that big to me. It's it's only because now I'm 26 and, like, my head has grown into proportion. Because <laughs> I'm serious. These things, I mean, I could show you pictures when I was a kid. You thought this thing was harvesting wind energy. It was just... Okay. You know? Yeah, because they don't seem... They don't seem uh, abnormally large to me. Yeah, because now I have an abnormally large head to match. Yeah, you do have a noggin. I've got a, I've got a dome, my man. I've got a. <laughs> well, dome. you're just a big dude, man. In, I know. In, you know, in general, you're just a big dude. <laughs> big Ed calls in and he asks me. He's like, "What's your shoe size?" It's like, "I wear 14. 14. <laughs> That's a big shoe. It's a big. Sh- you know what they say about big feet? Big socks. Yep. God, size fourteen. I mean, mo- I usually can't buy my shoes in stores. I have to order them. Like, I have to get them. Well, ordered. clearly. Yeah. 14. Wow. I'm nine and a half. I think I, I, I have a nine, and that's what I got on right here. Nine and a half in my chucks. All right. Let's see. Here's uh, Tim on WGN. Hey, Tim. Hey, how are you, Nick? All right. What's up? Um, I was picked on uh, in Hawaii. In the uh, last part of the 60s, uh, I was age uh, 6, 7, 8, and 9. And when you were white over there, it was predominantly Polyne- not Polynesian, but Oriental, Polynesian, Native Hawaiians. Uh, they kind of picked on you. They called us Howleys, whatever that meant. Mm. 
but uh, I got so tired of being picked on that I started uh, in the comic books. I don't know if you remember. In the back, you'd go there, and they had all these uh, things. Like, yep. Yeah, yep. I, the ad that you're talking about with the with the yep. yep. I got karate yep. one. I got the one where he's getting sand kicked in right. his face. Exactly. Right. And I went into training as as a as an eight year old. I went into my own isolated training, um, and then just one day, you know, none of that stuff did me any good because there really wasn't much to it. You sent away, and they they sent you back a poster of right. pressure point for the karate. Right. Uh, but um, just one day, I said I had it. There was this one kid always picking on me, John Morrow, and all I decided to do as an eight year old was instead of wrestle, I was just going to keep putting my fists out in front of me in the face of whoever I was fighting. I did that, and within like uh, three weeks, I became king of the school. Wow! Uh, eight-year-olds just don't fight like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. I went there a sissy, and I came back a tough guy to Chicago. <laughs> until I actually came back and met some of the Chicago boys. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, I got a surprise. I hit out. I hit out for one summer. Completely hit out. Oh man. Uh, wow. They don't fight fair, you know. Yeah. And uh, and the psyche, the the the. Uh, the impact that it has on you, it really made me what I am today. I'm a police officer, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, 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 it helped you then. It did. Uh, but at, right after that, I went into martial arts. I became a 50, well, I'm now a 53 black belt in judo and a first Jeez. degree. And, uh, no, no big deal. Believe me, the, 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 the belt <laughs> color don't mean nothing. But, uh, I'm degree in goju rule karate, but all, all plus a power lifter. All that was because of the low self esteem I picked up. Yeah, as it. Well, you turned it and around. I'm, you I'm, turned it around, Tim. Example Yeah, but I'll admit to you, one of the reasons I became a police officer was because of the low self esteem. Yeah. Wow. Well, you you turned it all around, Tim. Congrats. Hey, I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks for the show. Man. Sure, man. I'm on duty right now, as a matter of fact. God bless you, buddy. Thanks for your work. Same to you. Okay, see ya. There's a turnaround right there, Tom. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of always what you, you kind of hope for is when you get beat up on is that you can find a way into, especially martial arts. There's so much great stuff to learn from that other than, you know, the ability to defend oneself is like that that discipline. You know, it was a really big part of it. Yeah. And uh, I, I never got beat up on. I'll say that much because no one was able to beat me up. Well, it's because you're big. You're yeah, a big dude. The only fight I ever got into, really, when I was a kid was uh, a kid. We were playing tag or something, and one of them, like, decided to tag me, you know, purposely tag me really hard, push me over, and I fell and... Uh, you know, scraped up my knee. I was like, what the hell? What is this? And uh, he started shoving me. And I told him, stop shoving me. And he's like, I'm going to shove you. And kept on going. Eventually, we locked in, arms on one another, kind of like spinning around almost. Because we were like, I don't know, 10. We didn't know how to fight. Yeah. I don't know how to really fight. And then uh, finally, he let go, called me a name, and I just just socked him right in, right in the glasses. I broke his glasses inward. <laughs> Wow. And we we grew up in the era of zero tolerance. So even though I was the one getting yeah. beat up on, we were both responsible, which I don't know if I want to comment on the efficacy of that policy. It just was what it was. Yeah. Well, there you go. Popped a guy right in the face. I hit a kid with glasses. Yeah, you're not supposed to. <laughs> you're not supposed to hit a kid with you're glasses. not supposed to hit a kid with glasses. But what if the kid with glasses is hitting you? 
I don't know. Run away. Cry. <laughs> Hold on, let me write those down yeah. for the future. So uh, we're talking about uh, being picked on or, or, or teased, and if you have a story on how it uh, maybe changed you or uh, how you dealt with it, 312-981-7200. A lot of it is physical stuff, though, right? You're made fun of because of your physical appearance. That's mostly what it comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. It's a common thing. Or maybe you're quiet and they pick on you because of that. You know? That was never an issue with me. No way. I was I was not quiet. I can tell you that. All right. Uh, 312-981-7200. Dick DeGilio on WGN. Julio here on 720 WGN, and we are live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago, here till 4 o'clock as we are every uh, weeknight morning, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. We play uh, back some classic Johnny Carson clips, some comedy. You can watch the Johnny Carson show on Antenna TV every night, and you should because it's awesome. Um, and, uh, we play back, uh, some sketches or an interview or some stand up. We got some stand up from the great George Miller. It was only his second appearance on the show. Uh, my dad's going to call in and tell a joke cause it's a jokey, jokey, jokey time on a Monday morning. We always like to start off your, uh, your work, work week with a, with a joke. Uh, we've got some terrifying animals that you're glad are extinct. <laughs> we'll get into that right now though. We're talking about being teased and I know that we all had at some point been teased by, by other kids when we were younger. And um, the question is, um, how did you deal with it? Um, did it make you stronger? Um, and, uh, yeah, because, I mean, you know, like, like we said before, sometimes kids just don't know how harsh they can be and how you know what kind of effect that it has on them. Where you were, uh, you know, do you have like a speech impediment where you, uh, like in my case, I was I was short, so I got made fun of because I was short. Tom got teased because he's a he's a giant. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how many times I heard the phrase, how's the weather up there? Oh, please. I know, oldest one in the book. Be creative. Yeah. Well, and also my last name. Hush? Yeah. You got made fun of because your last name is Hush? Oh, yeah. Hu- uh, Don't they realize Deep Purple rules? They didn't in... 2005 i guess how do you not know deep purple (laughs) i don't know but it was uh it was all puns and uh especially hush little baby don't you cry like all that yeah yeah like i got mount hushmore uh rosh hashana for and uh tom kippur for our uh for our jewish friends out there um yeah it was it was just ridiculous it was really well i mean you know my name rhymes with a lot of things that, uh, that, yeah. that, you know, like, that you like could, slick. Well, not quite. Oh, um, thick. Well, <laughs> more, there are more words uh, that there, there are more words that rhyme with my name that, uh, are nice and insulting. 
so. I'll, have, I'll have to reflect on that. Yeah, I can't think, think about I it. I know, yeah. I, I'm sure you can't. It's, put, it's I'm sure you can't put me. your finger on it right now. No, I cannot. Uh, were you teased? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Here's Christina on WGN. Hi, Christina. Hi, Nick. Hi. I've been listening to you since way back the Roy Leonard days. Well, I appreciate that. Okay. Well, I got teased because I came to this country from England when I was ten. Mm-hmm. To Chicago, and so I didn't talk like anybody else. I didn't dress like anybody else, and I had pointy shoes. No, I had round shoes, and everybody else had pointy shoes. So my English accent was half the kids loved it, half the kids hated it. The clothing, nobody liked. My round shoes were Mary Jane's, which now are super popular in Hollywood, and they get their kids' shoes in Europe. And I came June 1st. So it was the end of the school year, and I was at home and with adults only, and I ate and ate and ate. And I'd been normal-sized when I came here. Well, by the fall, I was no longer normal-sized. So by the time I got to school, I was called tubbo, lardo, fatso, all the really mean things. And how I dealt with it was I got slim, started wearing makeup, fixed my hair, Stole all the boys and said, bye-bye, all you mean people. <laughs> Stole all the boys. <laughs> That's what I did. There you go. All right. Well, good for you, Christina. All right. Okay, take care. You too. All right. Stole all the boys. That's how you got to get back at them. <laughs> Absolutely. Just become a Lothario. Yeah, man. Got slim, stole all the boys. So... <laughs> I did not. I that, I didn't steal all the boys. That was my mistake. You didn't steal all the boys. No, I should have thought of that. Yeah, I should have just charmed them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was the. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was. I was. I mean, it was mostly. I mean, I didn't have to worry about girls because girls weren't interested in me because I was so short. Uh, here's Ted on WGN. Go ahead, Ted. I understand the short thing, man. <laughs> yeah. I was a short kid in high school, and I, um, I, uh, girls didn't pay attention to me either. Yeah. Uh, but, um, anyway, there was, there was, um, it was my junior year in high school, and there was this guy, Seth, who, um, he was just a bigger dude. And I didn't really have anything against him, but he, you know, he was. Did we lose that, Ted, you there? Our uh, PE teacher was all about playing dodgeball, and we incorporated a basketball in dodgeball so you could shoot baskets to knock guys out of the game, and um, and which was fine, except at the beginning of the class, for whatever reason, this guy Seth was kind of all over me, and I had the basketball in my hand, and I got kind of fed up with it, and I, and I, I threw the ball I'm intending to hit him like in the chest or the stomach, but my aim wasn't so good, and I nailed him right in the face. Ooh. <laughs> And um, and it was uh, I already knew I liked go of the ball. It was a pretty powerful throw. When I hit him in the head, I ran for my life through the entire class. But after that happened, um, I never got messed with by anybody in my in the high school like ever again. Really? Um, yeah, which was pretty crazy because I was. I mean, it wasn't like I was like all focused on it. But I suddenly noticed after that happened, like nobody ever messed with me ever again, including Seth. I mean, he was still kind of trying to get back at me for, man, you just basically almost broke my nose. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, after it happened, it was like, 
it was like a, a complete tide change. But yeah, when it, when it originally occurred, I mean, that guy was chasing me when the when the teacher finally came out at the beginning of PE class. He couldn't figure out why I was running for my life and Seth was right on my heels. You know, yeah. but um, but yeah, it was it was um, it was definitely a changing moment at that point. Yeah, it seems to me that uh, there's a there seems to be a, a similarity in a lot of the stories that we're hearing this morning. Yeah, one time you yeah, know, there's it, that it, there's that time when you stand you, up for yourself or you fight back, and then everything kind of changes. Right, and you know, it wasn't like I even intended. I just wanted to leave me alone. And, yeah, uh, you know, I didn't intend on it, but yeah, after that happened, yeah, that uh, I mean, from that point forward. I mean, you know, I put up a little bit of grief, but like almost none at all after that point. Although I kept always my my head was completely yeah. on a swivel looking for Seth, thinking that dude's going to give me back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, all right. Well, listen, Ted, thanks for sharing. You bet. Talk all right. To you later. There you go. Yeah. Mark is on WGN. Hey, Mark. Hey, Nick. Hey. When I was in high school back in the early 1980s, I got my first job at a convenience store, convenience store gas station combo, you know? Yeah. And one of the coworkers there was just a complete moron. He. Thought it was fun to mess with anybody that he could, customers, staff, you know, whoever he could. He kept his job because he didn't he didn't need very much pay. So the boss wouldn't fire him because he couldn't find he couldn't find anybody to replace him. Mm. This guy would do things like microwave mice in the microwave and oh. leave it for somebody else to clean up. Oh. He would you'd get done mopping the floor at the end of the night and he would dump the mop bucket over. She so had to be, essentially do it all over again. You know, that oh, kind of just man. constant crap. Yeah. I went on, went past the convenience store, got a job working in prisons, and ended up becoming a lieutenant at the state penitentiary. And I'll tell you what, you know, I saw the pendulum swing into balance the day that he came in waiting for death row. Mm. I pat searched him and took him to his death row cell. And that, you know, that really emphasized to me that the pendulum goes both ways and it always ends up in a balance. Yeah. Wow. That's quite a story, Mark. Interesting topic tonight, Nick. Thanks. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Thanks. Wow, that's 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 really interesting. Pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Call us on the Team Hockberg phone line, and um, we're talking about being picked on if you were teased as a kid, and how you dealt with it, um, and uh, how it affected you. Uh, I I can't imagine people because because you're so big, Tom. I just I'm, I'm having a difficult time it's, believing it, that somebody would pick on you because you're because you're nine feet tall. I know, but you've spent enough time around me. I'm I'm a teddy bear. I don't want to pick on people. I, yeah, I, no, I understand that. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where I think they just saw. I'll I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, there are some people who, if I run into them and they haven't seen me for a while, like it's been maybe a year, which for many people I went to high school with, it's been like many years since they've actually physically seen me. Yeah, yeah. And every time they see me, the first thing they say is, oh my God, I forgot you were so tall. And I think that's because people don't see me like they, when they first see me, they see me as tall and then they get to know me and it kind of brings me down to size a little bit. It's more knowable, but if I'll tell you the number of times on the street where if it's late and I'm walking behind someone and they look around, they think they're being followed by Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Like 
there in the winter when I'm wearing my big winter work boots and stuff. Like I keep my distance from people because they think I'm coming to murder them. Yeah, I'm just a big figure to them. Yeah, they well, don't you, know me. Yeah, you know? no, you're a big guy, man. I guess I lose sight of that sometimes. Yeah, because I just see the world. Exactly I mean, I know you, height. so I know that I'm. You know, I, I don't find you threatening at all. <laughs> good, it's working because you're a good. You're a good dude. I just, but you're big. Yeah, you know. I mean, you know, and I'm not. It's like Mutt and Jeff, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm only 5'8". What are you, 6'4", you said? Yeah, 6'4", 255. 255? Yeah. Jeez. Size that... 14 hoofs. <laughs> yeah. I got paws, man, not hands. I got paws. All right. Well, uh, hold on. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. If you've uh, been teased or uh, had to put up with that, how'd you deal with it? 312-981-7200. It's Nick DeGilio and 720 WGN. Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio, uh, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. We are here every uh, weekday night into the morning, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. And at 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place to the TV side of WGN, get some early morning news from that great team. And then at 5 o'clock for your morning drive, it's uh, the great Bob Surratt at 5. 312-981-7200. That's our phone number if you'd like to join us. We've been talking about being teased, you know, as a kid and how it affects you. Um, You know, because kids can be cruel. And sometimes they just don't even realize how much it hurts to do that. And it's especially sad, you know what I mean, if... You know, maybe you're like a little kid, you're small, and you're quiet, you know? That's the worst. It's like when you, if you're a shy kid, it's easy to be picked on, which is just too bad. So, I was not shy, though. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, for, for a small guy, you had a lot of personality, as I, I say. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I yapped my face off. Was that what you got most in trouble for in school? Oh, yeah. Just talking in class? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without question. <laughs> I had a fifth grade teacher yell at me once. She said, for a guy whose name is Hush, he certainly doesn't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, that's that's what I most got in trouble for, was just talking in class. That was, the, that was without question. That was by far the thing that I got in trouble with the most. What was it? What did they used to say? I'm like I'm on my on my report card. He needs to your your son needs to um exercise more self control. That was the thing that, that was consistent on my yeah, report card. Exercise self control. Yeah. Because I would just be blah 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 blah. And now look at you. And now I got a job where all I talk. All I do is talk. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, let's see. Here's uh, John on WGN. Hi, John. Uh, hi, Nick. I want to tell you two stories. 
One, uh, my dad used to take me out on a farm, and there was a farmer that used to tease me, and he'd call me John Foster Dallas. Uh-huh. That was uh, Eisenhower's, I think, Secretary of Agriculture something. Okay. And uh, he, he, John Foster Dulles wasn't even working uh, when I was like uh, five or six years old. The, the county administration was uh, <laughs> taken over. Um, the other one was um, I was going to college and there were these two guys from Grinnell, Iowa, and they were really obnoxious. And the dorm director knew about them and uh, he could never control them. So anyway, they used to do a we had an activity they called pimping, and that was uh, to bully somebody else in the night. And they uh, went down to the uh, dorm office, and they got a set of tools, and they took took the bulletin board off their uh, door and and put it on mine. You know, exchanged bulletin boards. Uh-huh. Theirs was more, theirs was damaged, and mine wasn't, so they took mine. So anyway, they kept, you know, they were bullying me and bullying me in college, and the dorm director wouldn't do anything. So one night, I got up really early in the morning, and I got some carpenter's glue, and I put it in their lock, and I went back to my room, and the next day, uh, they couldn't go to class because they were glued in their room. (laughs) And so anyway, they had to call the the university carpenters to come down, and they had had to take their door totally apart and replace it because they, they were locked in the room for hours. Wow. And after that, they left me alone. Well, the funny thing was, okay, a few years later, I was up in Madison, and I ran into one of those guys, and he he stopped me in the street. He goes, hey, John, he, says, he said, how are you? And I said, oh, I, I kind of recoiled from him. And he goes, you know, he says, I'm really sorry I bullied you when we were in college. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I kind of forgave him. Yeah, well, sometimes, sometimes, you know, like when you're young, you're just acting stupid, and and, you know, you regret, you regret uh, some of the behavior that you exhibited when you were younger, and you probably didn't even know any better, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think it was a matter that they hadn't hadn't grown up by the time they went to college. No, that's true. That's what it sounds like to me. All right, John. Thanks. Uh Okay. Goodbye. All right. Gonna take the door off. Had to take the entire door off. Jeez. All right. Uh, here's Donald on WGN. Hi, Donald. Hi. Uh, yeah, the, my problem was in high school when I was at uh, St. Lawrence High School. We used to catch bus. They actually had buses for us especially to catch to, to and from. Yeah. And uh, there was a senior there who really, really didn't like me for some reason. I Probably because I was kind of studious and I would have huge amounts of books in my arms. And uh, that was before backpacks. And so, um, so he would keep on razzing me and razzing me and razzing me. And I told him, just shut up. Maybe you could, you could shoot, crack some books. And so he cracked my books. Basically, he just upended all the books all over the place. So I just got really angry. And I grabbed the heaviest book, which is a science book. And I whacked him over the head several times while screaming at him, you know, you know, pay yeah. attention next time. Pay attention. And you know what? I got so much respect. Nobody ever said boo to me, you know, after that. There but, you go. But you know, I, I didn't send him to the hospital, but I certainly didn't uh, didn't just let it go. So. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you know there is that moment where there's like a there's like a breaking point where it's like I can't take this anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. But you don't want to kill him. I know some people though. <laughs> what if I had a gun? You know. Yeah. What if I had a knife? What if I had a knife? Now you can understand sometimes why people do do these really stupid things. Yeah. Know? All right, Donald. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. All right. Yeah. 
Sometimes it's just you can't take it anymore. It's like I can't be picked on anymore. Right. But you, you kind of hope that there's a way that you can resolve it without physical violence. I'm yeah. not like I'm not trying to say what uh what Donald did or what anybody did if they did eventually kind of turn on their bully. I'm not trying to moralize that. You just kind of wish that well, there was a way that you could get Yeah. You know, I mean I mean get around I, that. ideally that's how you'd want to sort it out. Yeah. But sometimes you just reach a, a, a you know, you reach the, the a, a turning point. You can't do it anymore. Right. And I'll and I'll say it, there were times when teachers didn't really help all that much. Um you know, there were teachers that would blame me. I was like, well, you shouldn't have retaliated. I was like, wait, hold on a second. I'm I'm the victim here. Yeah. I got pushed or I got teased. I got this. Uh, and plus, you know, no no one likes a tattletale. You know, no one wants to be that yeah. guy. You got that kind of mentality. No one likes a fink. You know, you don't want to rat out people, even if they are the ones doing wrong. Yeah. So it's tough. And then, you know, there's always the... Uh you know, if it gets too if it gets too much, parents have to come to to school. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got to meet the 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 principal and all that stuff. Yeah, and it turns into well, your kid, oh, your kid is this, and uh, it just becomes maybe even more traumatizing. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I went to school, you know, grade school. I I started going to school in the seventies. You know. And um, and as I mentioned this before, there was a woman in my first grade class, teacher, um, who basically would not allow me to, to write with my left hand. She'd put the chalk in my right hand and slap my hand because I'd go up to, to write something on the board and I would have the chalk in my left hand because I'm left-handed. And my mom had to go to school. It was one of those deals where she had to she had to go to school and go, listen. Guess what? My son's left-handed. And this was, you know, in the early 70s. And this woman was like in her 80s or late 70s, early 80s. And so she was like born, you know, like like in the the 1800s. turn of the century. And when people thought that left-handed people were the devil. And I think she carried that with her and just kept slapping my hand and putting the the chalk in my right hand. And I was like, I had to tell my mom. I was like, mom, I can't. I can't do this, man. I can't. I can't. And so she had to go in and like say, hey, you know what? Um, some people are left-handed. My son happens to be one of them. Believe it or not. Yeah. I mean, I know it's 1971, but, uh, you know, some people are lefties. Uh, let's see. Here's Glenn on WGN. Go ahead, Glenn. Hey, Nick. Hey. It, believe it or not, I always, even to this day, sometimes get teased about my voice. Why? Uh, because a lot, according to a lot of people, I sound mechanical. I always get hustle of Easter baby <laughs> every time I get through talking. You sound fine to me, Glenn. I think your voice is uh, fine. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, a funny thing I was telling Tom every Friday during Fly Jams Friday, whenever he, he gets his introduction, people actually think that it's me. People think it's you. You know the oh yeah luscious hushes. Oh baby. yeah. No, that's uh, that's the luscious hushes. Uh, Glenn, just tell them that it is you. Yeah. I'm not going to tell them different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Glenn, thanks, man. All right, take it easy, Nick. All right, buddy. Nothing wrong with his voice. Yeah, great voice. Nothing wrong with it at all. I, I, well, I think you and I have discussed this. I think it's difficult to hear the sound of your own voice. Oh, it is. Hey, that's something you never get over. 
Like I have trouble sometimes, you know, I'm cutting up the podcast for everybody and I have to hear myself talk on the air. It's yeah. like, ooh, nails well, on the chalkboard. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, before we came on the air, you know, we were, we were in the, you know, in the studio and they played a few promos for my show and I get to hear me and I'm like, I don't want to hear me. So. People say that I have an okay voice. My voice is fine. I just don't like... I mean, I, I I know a ton of people who don't like to hear their own voice. You know, kind of like, ugh. Super... It's uncanny. Uh, that's the thing, is that it falls into that uncanny valley of your voice on recording does not exactly sound like your voice when you hear yourself talk. Oh, yeah. No, right? I, I totally agree with that. It throws you off. Oh, Yeah. Completely. Because you're like, oh, I always thought I sounded a little bit more like this. Yeah. I just don't, I don't like to listen to myself. I just don't like, I don't, you know, want to hear my voice. It's so, like disembodied. So when right? we pay, when we play promos before the show, I'm like, ugh. So. But people seem to enjoy my, my voice. I should hope so. Yeah. I'm fine. I just don't like to hear it. All right. Uh, if you want to jump in here, we'll wrap this up. Uh, were you teased when you were younger? What did you get teased for? How'd you get over it? How'd you deal with it? Let's hear from you at 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. All right here on 720 WGN. Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the uh, Skyline studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. We're here until 4 o'clock. Coming up uh, at around 2.30, we always play some classic Johnny Carson clips. Sometimes it's a sketch, it's an interview, sometimes it's stand-up. We got stand-up that we're going to hear from George Miller. Uh, It was only his second appearance on the show, Um, and that'll be from uh, Johnny Carson. You can watch the Johnny Carson show. Every night on Antenna TV. Also, it's Monday. That means my dad's going to call in and tell a joke because it's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. And we're going to talk about uh, terrifying animals that you're glad are extinct. Um, uh, that's coming up, too. 312-981-7200. That's uh, the phone number. We're talking about being teased. Were you teased when you were younger? And how did you deal with it? Uh, and also, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. So, uh, let's see. Here is uh, Marco on WGN. Go ahead, Marco. Hey, how you doing, guys? All love right. you. Love your show. Thank been you. listening to you for two years now. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Nick, uh, listen, just a, a while ago, um, so I was like over well, 30 years ago, I went to a high school in the south, a Catholic high school in the south side of Chicago. Okay. I just say the initials QS, all right? Okay. Um, and uh, I got picked on a lot and big time. And, um, there's like a, a a point to where I could only take so much of it. Yeah. But when it was time for me to graduate from high school, I uh, just, I, I got my diploma, but I got my diploma in summer school because we were part of the 10 people that didn't graduate on time. When I came back and I got my piece of paper, left and uh, never came back again until maybe almost 20 years later for a reunion. And how'd that reunion and, go? Uh, 
it, it went pretty good. Some some people like to reopen some things, and they shouldn't have said. I just looked at them, and I just tried to let water uh, roll off the duck's back. Yeah. But uh, oof, my God, man, it was it was it was it was kind of painful. I bet it was. I bet it was. I don't think kids really realize just what kind of pain they can cause another person when they're teasing them like that. Yeah, and 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 they just when it's constantly and and they do it every day, every almost yep. every single day. Yep. Like, come on, man. When does it end? Yeah. Well, I'm glad so, you got uh, through. It. I'm glad you got through it, Marco. Yeah, I did. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Take sir. care. Okay. Yep. Both of you have a good night. Take care. Okay. Yeah, kids can be cruel, man. You know, picking on people every single day. You know, it's got enough pressure being at school already. You know what I mean? And some kids are, like, shy. They don't get along with other kids. Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh, what Marco did with just, like, letting it, you know, just walking away. Once that was done, just walking away. It seems like that is... Outside of, you know, if you have to stand up for yourself, you stand up for yourself. But if it's one of those things where you can just turn the other cheek, be the big man, yeah. and just walk. Yeah. That's always, there. there's a lot of nobility in that. There's oh, a lot I agree. of genuine nobility in that. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. But, I, you know, that's, man. Marco, buddy, that's that's a tough one. Well, that's I mean, it's, t- it's just, you know, I don't think... We've, I mean, we've said this already. I, I just don't think kids know how much harm they can do. Yeah, by picking on yeah. someone like that. I mean, I'm I'm glad that it gets talked about more, you know, in schools and being like, hey, listen, you can not like somebody. You're not required to. No one's saying that you have to be everybody's best friend. It's not kumbaya twenty four seven here. Right. But the least you can do is, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Just let it let it slide. Yeah, people are different. Yeah, you know, but some 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 kids don't even understand that. Yeah, it's it's a tough. It, I mean, it's you not gotta, an easy thing to know. As you get older, then you, you you start to be sensitive to what you've been doing. Especially once, I mean, even the biggest bully eventually runs into someone who's either bigger or meaner, yeah, or whatever is something cooler than them, and that's like that sobering moment. Yeah, is that if you were not picked on, when you finally get picked on. You're like, damn. Yep. Doesn't feel good. No. It's it's not pleasant at all. But everyone calling in and sharing these. It's uh, you know, it's really it's nice to know you're not alone, right? Yeah. It's nice to know that oh, you're not everybody, the only person. Oh, I think everybody I think everybody at some point in their life has been teased or picked on. You know? There are just there are just kids out there that 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 uh just, you know, treat each other poorly. And I just hope they grow up, you know. One day, and just kind of see the air other ways. They're, most likely, they won't be able to really do anything in terms of uh, uh, apology. Most of the time, these are people you'll never see again. Yeah, but I think there's that that understanding that you know what I was a bad person. You know, I was not great as a kid. I'm better now. Continue to be better. Yeah. That's all you can ask for. You can just make yourself better. Uh, be nice to people. Here's Judy on WGN. Hi, Judy. Hi, Nick. I was telling Tom, I was married to my husband for 49 years. And when my children were born, he says, now you don't go to your mom's right, you'll get a no, because she has cerebral palsy. Well, the boys couldn't understand that. They just knew I walked funny. And then he says, if you go to your mom's left, you'll always get a yes. He says, I was on her left side for 49 years. And now he's in heaven. Wow. But I had my children naturally. 
And all my girlfriends, including my ex-daughter-in-law, had to have C-sections. My kids came out so fast, they had to catch them. Wow. All right. Well, congratulations on that, Judy. And you betcha, because they're 46 and 40 now. Wow. Well, congratulations. And I've got two, I've got two granddaughters. That One wants to be a veterinarian, and the other one is in sports. And I thought, how cool is that? Yeah, that's great. Okay, Judy, thanks. Take care. Bye-bye, All right, Dick. see ya. Yeah, there you go. Teasing does affect people. You know, it uh, it really it really can affect someone. So you got to be more sensitive to that. So three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. We're going to wrap up the conversation about uh, being teased and uh, how you dealt with it. You know, it's hard when you're a kid. To uh, to kind of deal with uh, with the fact that uh, kids are going to mock you or make fun of you or tease you. So, anyway, if you want to jump in, it's three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. And um, yeah, we're going to talk about terrifying animals that you glad or that you're glad are extinct. We have a, Tasma- a Tasmanian tiger, which is much smaller than originally thought. So we've got that and some uh, terrifying animals. That uh, that are glad you're that they're extinct. Here's Don on WGN. Go ahead, Don. Uh, hi, Nick. I just wanted to say something. Uh, what do you call the nerdy guy in high school twenty years later? Uh, what do you call the nerdy guy in high school twenty years later? It's the guy you picked on. Uh, you call him, sir. The boss. You call him the boss. There it is. A lot of got a lot of guys that got picked on end up twenty years later, or you know, the nerdy guys end up being your boss. Yeah. But uh, I I think one way to deal with a bully was you'd almost have to fight him as a little kid. Once you fight him once, they know you'll fight back. Yeah. Well, that seems and, to be that seems to be kind of the message here. Everybody, you know, who who, yeah. who finally hit that point where it's like I can't take it anymore and I got to fight back. That's when it kind of changed. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's that's the way it was during my life anyway. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I think, okay, that, I think well, that's pretty universal. Okay, thanks, Don. Okay, you're welcome. Okay, see you. Bye. Yeah. So, again, I can't see anybody picking on you, Tom. Those, uh, it, ha- it happened with those size fourteen feet. Yeah, it's, it just it just happened. It just happened. I wasn't much of a fighter. I don't I don't like fighting people. I like watching people fight. I like watching like movies where people fight people. Yeah, I don't need fighting. Uh, I don't. No, you don't have to have that. Just in your look life. At, there's a scene in uh, Lost in America where. She jumps in a car. She leaves him. Jumps in a car, and it's ogre from the. Uh, I think it's ogre, right? From the the nerds movie, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, yeah. They, uh... And then she he punches uh, Albert Brooks in the face. <laughs> he says, I'm not, "I'm not supposed to have a nosebleed. That's not for adults." <laughs> yeah, the whole fighting thing. Yeah. I mean, if if it's one of those things, if push comes to shove, yeah, you're you you're in the situation. You got to act accordingly. I guess I just I'm just, I, I I'm a pacifist, be, man. Yeah, 
I so. I'm one of those people where it's like unless it's to defend myself, right? I, I'll probably leave it. Probably yeah. not going to get too involved, right? Or to defend someone else, you know, if someone else uh, is getting yeah, picked I, on, you know. It's still, I don't like conference. Uh, you know, I don't like uh, confrontation. I do not. I don't. I don't respond well to that. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about terrifying animals that you're glad are extinct, uh, and more right here on 720 WGN. <laughs> Hello, it's Nick DiGilio on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. We're here uh, until 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we head over to uh, Bradley Place. I almost said Webster Place. <laughs> to the movie theater. Heading over to the movie theater. Uh, Bradley Place for uh, the TV side of WGN. Get some early morning news till 5, and then at 5 o'clock, the great Bob Surratt has your morning drive. 312-981-7200. That's the Team Hochberg phone line if you want to uh, join us. We're going to be talking about some really terrifying animals that you're very glad that they are, they are extinct. Um, yeah. Uh, we got some classic Johnny Carson. We're going to hear some uh, stand-up from uh, George Miller, his second appearance on The Tonight Show. You can watch uh, The Johnny Carson Show every night on Antenna TV. Uh, my dad's going to call in and tell a joke because it's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. All right. Tom, are you, uh, do you freak out at, uh, at certain animals? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm not a huge dog person. I've mostly gotten over that. Um, part of it has to do with the fact that I'm a little bit allergic. Nothing serious. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm generally kind of terrified of birds, and I used to have a fear of butterflies. Really? Yeah, I used to be really afraid of butterflies when I was when I was really little. When I was really little, um, there was one time we went to a zoo, and there was like a a, a butterfly enclosure. So you would go in, yep, and they'd just have a bunch of butterflies flying around. So did you freak out? Yeah. I just, I'd like panicked at the idea of them landing on my skin and like touching me. And I didn't like a lot. Of, some of these butterflies are huge, man. Oh, they can get big. They're huge butterflies. Yeah. But it was a little odd to see a probably seven or eight year old boy like running through the butterfly enclosure because he didn't want the butterflies to touch him. I think there are people who are. I think there are people who have that fear. Yeah, because you think of them as bugs. Like that's the thing is that I thought of them as bugs. I was like, oh god, I don't want to touch these bugs. They're filthy or something like that. Yeah, I think I think there I think there are a, a, a good portion of people who are frightened by butterflies. Yeah, Ashton Kutcher being one of them. Is he afraid of butterflies? No, he's in the butterfly effect. Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but yeah, birds I'm not a huge fan of, mainly because they're loud. 
loud. Yeah, birds are really loud. Like if someone has like a pet parakeet or something, they're always really, really loud. <laughs> they are. Are birds not loud? I. It's not the first thing that I would say about a bird. What would you say? What's the first thing you would say about They fly. Okay. <laughs> After that. I don't know where the loud thing <laughs> comes really, in. Have you ever been to someone's house if they have, when they have yes. a bird? Super loud, right? Just like, ah, you know, freaking out the entire time. Okay. And they talk, some of them. Yes. Does that bother you? When, yeah, when, a little bit. When birds talk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm. Uh, there are animals that kind of freak me out too. Like possum. You don't like the possum? No, man. Well, they I've had some are... weird experiences with possum. Well, you had one. It was your folks, right? Stuck on our back porch. Stuck on the back porch. Wouldn't leave. Mm-hmm. Throwing water on it. <laughs> just. Cause no- I just find it hilarious that that was your solution because now you just have an angry, wet possum. Get off the porch, man. Ugh, God. Yeah, I remember, I, I remember. you know, my, we lived on the second floor. And um, I was coming home one night, and there it was, like right on the back porch. And I was like, ah. And they hiss. Well, they they hissed. He hissed when we threw the water on him. That was the only time that they hit. He hissed. But yeah, I was. We were all three of us were freaking out. Like, get this thing off the porch because they're ugly. Possum are ugly. All right. Here's a here's a, the story. Tasmanian tigers are much smaller than previously thought. A uh, a U.S. PhD student says. Are you familiar with Tasmanian tigers? Um, I'm I'm familiar with the concept, but uh, obviously I've never seen one in person. Do they have a? Is there? You got to be able to find one on the on the online. Well, yeah, you can see pictures. You can see a picture of a Tasmanian tiger. It's more it's more dog like than anything. Um, he moved to Australia from the United States to work on his thesis at Monash University, asserting that the coolest. Uh, carnivorous mammal that I could think of down here in Australia was the Tassie tiger. The Tassie tiger. It also happened to be the one where there's just not a lot known about it because it was exterminated and kind of considered vermin, which means that when it was alive, there wasn't really any studies on it. But it wasn't until he saw the Thyclin skeleton up close for the first time that the inspiration for his work project struck. So, uh, but they're not as, they're much smaller than they, than they thought they were. I've never seen a Tasmanian tiger. What, what uh, separates them from other tigers? Well, they're, they're a marsupial. Uh, all right. So, um, that means that it would uh, would have had a pouch, right? And I don't think it falls under. It's I, I would say it's if you look at it, it looks like it's more of a dog than okay. than an actual tiger. All right, but it's got stripes 
which is where it gets its name. That's where it gets its name. Tasmanian. T- uh, the thylacine is its technical name. The thylacine. Yeah. Okay. The thylacine skeleton that he looked at. So. All right. Well, we've got uh, more news about the Tasmanian tigers, and then we're going to get into some really terrifying animals that you're glad are extinct. So some of the craziest animals. All right. 312-981-7200 is the uh, number if you want to join us. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago, here until 4 o'clock, and at 4 a.m., we head over to Bradley Place, the TV side of WGN, get some early morning news from that great team, and then at 5 o'clock, you've got your morning drive with the one and only Bob Surratt, right here on 720 WGN. 312-981-7200, that's our number. And we're talking about uh, Tasmanian tigers, and we're going to get into some very terrifying animals that you're uh, glad are extinct. So the Tasmanian tiger, the Tassie tiger, as uh, this researcher is calling, um, they're smaller than they used to be, or than they thought they were. The acknowledged norm or the estimate of how big they are is about 30 kilos. Uh, But when I saw my first Tassie tiger and picked up the skeleton of the skull, and I was like, that's not a 30-kilo animal. It's a lot smaller. So so the Tasmanian tigers, are they they around? No, they are extinct. They're extinct. There have been numerous uh, alleged sightings over... God knows however many years, and people thought that maybe one had survived. Because it would not be unprecedented for a a previously thought to be extinct species to suddenly show up again. Um, But as of right now, the Tasmanian tiger is fully extinct. They say it's officially extinct, but it hasn't stopped people from searching for them in the wilderness. So people are out there looking for them. Naturally. Um, he was loaned a 3D scanner and visited museums, Victoria and Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery in Hobart to scan the surface of the skeletons um, and the uh, animals. After we did that, we were uh, able to digitally weigh the taxidermy spe- specimens pretty much as is because you get the volume of that surface scan and then you can calculate the mass from the volume. 
So uh, people were surprised that uh, they were much smaller than uh, they had thought. What do they look like? So imagine almost like a, a dog. You said, yeah, like, almost like a wild dog. So they got quite a th- quite a narrow snout, um, quite thin from the way they look at them, uh, and it's it's like a like a dingo with with a striped back. So think of them as sort of a wild dog, tan in color with slightly darker stripes on their back. Dingo. Yeah. Does it take babies? You know, I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it Maybe past them. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> uh, well, there they are, Tasmanian tigers. They're smaller than they had previously thought. How big did you think they were? I thought they would have been massive. I mean, they are tigers. You would think tigers. A tiger. Tigers are big animals. Yeah. But the name uh, the name belies little about its actual appearance. Yeah. It is merely for those. It earned its stripes. No pun intended. Yeah. I think Tony the Tiger is probably bigger than one of these bad boys. Tony the Tiger's big. Really big tiger from what I can he's tell. He's muscular. Exactly. They're great. <laughs> How long has Tony the Tiger been the mascot of the... Like 500 years. Cornflakes, yeah. right? Well, uh, Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes, yeah, right. specifically Frosted Flakes. You know all those health benefits of cornflakes? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get rid of those because we're going to coat them in sugar. Yeah. Well, you know, how about the people who get the cornflakes and then just pour a bunch of sugar on it? You know? Yeah, at least you can kind of regulate that a little bit. You know, yeah, you just put a little when bit. When you're eight. No. Was that was that you? Did you used to put sugar oh, on yeah. your cereal? Yeah. What kind of cereal were you allowed well, to eat growing a, up? I mean, I, you know, I had a lot of crappy cereal when I was growing up. <laughs> well, you come from the heyday of crappy cereal. Oh, yeah. Unregulated. Yeah. So we, I mean, all kinds. Remember Cookie Crisp? Oh, I remember Cookie Crisp. It's literally cookies for breakfast. It is. It's just like. <laughs> don't they have like a, don't they have mini donuts? Mini as a cereal? donuts. Is there a cereal with mini donuts in it? Uh, let's figure that out. Well, I know they've done Oreos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've got Hostess Donuts. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> Powdered mini donuts cereal. Yep. They've got Honey Bun. Honey Bun? Yeah, the Honey Bun. Cereal? Yeah, Honey Bun cereal. Wow. Which, honestly, they've got Twinkie cereal. Yeah, I saw that. I've seen that. Sour Patch Kids cereal, which just sounds repulsive. That does sound repulsive, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I just find it funny. It's... uh yeah, it's not even really a cereal. You just just have donuts for breakfast. Donuts are a breakfast food. Yeah, people not have donuts a, in the in the morning. It's not great for you. Donut and coffee. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a regular thing. You know. Anybody buy donuts and bring them to work here? I'm sure they do. Yeah, get some donuts. Put them in the break room. Have something to talk about over your morning cup of joe? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a real big sweets guy. You know? I'll have a donut here and there, but nothing crazy. 
The only time it gets crazy is Punchki Day. Well, that's different. That's insane. That's like a citywide holiday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Punchki Day. Those things are crazy, man. Those are so sweet. Oh. I can have maybe one. one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's only one time a year, too. <laughs> We've been celebrating Punchki Day here on the station for a long, long time. Punchkis. It's not just um, a Chicago thing. I know they do it in Detroit. So um, I know there's a, the Punchki's a big day up in Detroit, too. Yeah. You like Punchki's? I enjoy a punchki here and there. We always get the freshest ones. Mm-hmm. It's one of the one of the good things about working this shift is that when it's punchki day, we're the first ones to get them. Yeah, the way God intended. I like the my favorite punchki. Do you have a favorite flavor of punchki? Anything strawberry flavored. If it's got a strawberry flavoring or some sort of berry flavoring, I'll I'll take it. Yeah, line and sinker. Um, banana cream for me. I like the banana cream punchkis, and they got slices of banana, of actual banana on top. Those are good. But again, really, really sweet. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Tom. I can't, I mean, only one, that's fine. <laughs> More than enough. Yeah. So. All right. How do we get on the subject of punchkis? Tony the Tiger. Oh, Tony the Tiger, because he's the the mascot of uh, Frosted Flakes. What about the what's the uh, what's the name of the uh, the the bird that's in Fruit Loops? Sunny. His name is Sunny. Yeah, S O N N Y. I didn't know that. Yeah, Sunny. He's a pelican, right? Oh wait, did you say Fruit Loops? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was thinking Cocoa Puffs. Um, that's Toucan Sam. Oh, Toucan Sam. That's yeah, right. Toucan Sam, man. You follow your nose. That's right. I hate Fruit Loops. Not a Fruit Loops guy. Not a Fruit Loops guy? Nah. Cocoa Puffs. Sure. Cocoa Puffs, and then, and then when you're done, you have chocolate milk. But, but I'm also terrified of them. Why? Because there's a bird on the box. Oh, that's right. Not a big bird guy. Discovering that uh, you're terrified of birds. Even Toucan Sam? Yep. You're scared of Toucan Sam? He's just an animated bird with a good face. I don't trust him. I don't trust any bird from uh, Mina Birds to Larry Larry Birds. You know, I just... You don't trust Larry Bird. I don't know if I could trust Larry Bird. I'm not sure that you should either. Well, I'm not a Celtics fan, so it doesn't... (laughs) Uh, don't really care one way or the other. But, uh, yeah. Well, what, what, so you just avoid birds in general? I try to. <laughs> There's, I mean, in what context am I going to be spending a lot of time with birds? I don't know. You, you <laughs> get your uh, binoculars and go out into the woods. And go birding. Yeah. Like like some kind of ornithologist. Yeah. 
<laughs> Note to self. Become ornithologist. Mm-hmm. Overcome fear of birds. And you'll be fine. Next thing you know, you'll have eight, ten birds in your house. Teaching them to talk. Polly want a cracker. So, all right. Terrifying animals that you are so glad they are extinct. We have to look at some of these things. Uh, I've got them here. And uh, we'll talk about uh, some extinct animals that are terrifying. 312-981-7200. Nick DiGilio and WGN. All right. Hey, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, and uh, we're live in the uh, Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown uh, Chicago, and uh, we're here until uh, 4 o'clock. If you want to join us, it's 312-981-7200. We're going to get back to our conversation here about terrifying animals that you're glad are extinct. Some really crazy, crazy animals. Tom, you were looking at some of this, right? Freaking you out? Yeah, a little bit. Especially the giant squid. Giant squid. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of calamari. So we'll get back to that. But every uh, morning at around 2.30, we like to play back some uh, Johnny Carson clips. You can watch Johnny Carson every night on uh, Antenna TV, and I suggest you do because it's so fun and awesome. And then uh, every morning at 2.30, we like to play back some clips from Johnny Carson. Sometimes it's uh, some stand-up, sometimes it's a sketch, sometimes it's an interview. Well, we're going to go back and listen to some George Miller. George Miller, a terrific stand-up comedian, very funny guy. And this was his second appearance on the show. We don't know exactly what year this was. But uh, George Miller appeared on uh, the Johnny Carson show several times and also was a favorite of David Letterman's. Um, So we'll go back in time here for a little Carson comedy classic, and this is George Miller. Thank you very much. Um, people ask you questions if they know you're in show business. They're curious. Sometimes they're nosy. They say, what did you do before, or do you do anything else? I was working at a mail room for a long time, one of those big uh, motion picture studios, sorting the mail from 9 to 5. It was real boring, but uh, I found out there was a lot of fooling around going on. And if a guy was a good lover, the girls would call him a 10 center. Say, Larry's a 10 center, yeah? And if the guy was really good, they referred to him as a 13 center, or air mail. That's right. That's what they say. Do you have any idea what it feels like to be known as postage due? (laughs) I was never ready for the regular labor market because I had an inferior education. I did. I went to a high school in Los Angeles with really low standards. Our graduation speaker was Dr. Beecham, the credit dentist. I was always miserable in high school anyway because of one thing, acne. Oh, boy. I wasn't, believe it or not, I even had pimples on my watch. (laughs) You know what I couldn't do in high school? I couldn't make that stupid footstool in woodshop class. I finally got the thing made, but one leg was longer than the other leg, and it wobbled. So I planed down the long leg, and I got too much off. Now, this leg was longer, and it still wobbled. So I planed down this leg, and I got too much off. Now, this leg was longer. And then eventually it became a breadboard. 
I gave it to my mom. She said, oh, just what I need, a breadboard that wobbles. <laughs> In my junior year, we moved out into the country for a while, lived with my Uncle Casey, the alcoholic cow farmer. And the guy was nuts, boy. One time he got real drunk, tried to milk a Jehovah Witness. After high school, I had all different kinds of jobs, and something would always happen. I wouldn't always get fired, but something would happen that would go wrong. You know, I was delivering small packages with my own car. Messenger? First day, sure as hell. I got stopped by the police for a minor infraction. I think I had a taillight out or something. But I was real nervous, see, so I over-answered the cop. You ever do that? You over-answer because you're shook up? Do you own this car? Yes, I do! I bought it for my mom! She's in Seattle! She has diabetes! <laughs> a good job, see, as long as the car was running okay, but I'm so ignorant about cars, it's embarrassing. Somebody said, well, get a Volkswagen and you'll save on the gas. So I go to the dealer. I couldn't open the hood. He had to do it for me. That was embarrassing enough. I said, well, where's the motor? He said, sir, the motor is in the back. I said, well, go in the back and get it. Bring it on out here. <laughs> you know what? Service stations, you know as well as I do, they'll try to sell you stuff for your car that you could possibly get along without. Like my car caught on fire while I was driving. I wheeled into a service station. I jumped out. The car's in flames. The guy comes over and says, Looks like you need some new tires. <laughs> I'm dumb about cars. I, I once paid $18 for a new gas cap. Isn't that a little bit expensive? I think so, yeah. Plus $6 labor for putting it on. <laughs> What other jobs did I do? Oh, sometimes you'll get a show business job that won't be comedy, like I was working as an extra in one of those Sam Peckinpah violent westerns for about a week one time. Oh, maybe you saw this on the 11 o'clock news recently. They had a big meeting of concerned parents. And one guy got up and he says, well, I believe there's too much violence on television and in the movies. Then there was this woman at the meeting and she had to do the old cliche. Well, I would rather have my children see nudity than violence. Then there was this other guy. And he kept saying, well, wait a minute. Why can't we have both? <laughs> I'd like to see naked people beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> A few years ago, I was an extra on that situation comedy, My Three Sons, which they're rerunning all over the country right now. My favorite part of that show was always at the end, because remember Fred McMurray would always come on and say the same thing. Thanks for watching. It's like he was acknowledging it had been a strain on you. <laughs> Any job I ever had, though, something would go wrong. Two years ago, I had a great show business job. I was the MC for Seals and Crofts, who were really a hot singing team. After one show, Seals and Crofts fired me, because I had a few drinks introduced him as arts and crafts. <laughs> Any kind of drug or alcohol will follow up whatever you're doing. Maybe you saw this on the front of the Times a few months ago. No, it was longer than that. It was about a year ago. Two guys got picked up. 
They had in their possession 100 pounds of angel dust, which is a hallucinogenic drug, but actually what angel dust is is an animal tranquilizer. So like if your cow gets high on speed, you can give him some angel dust and bring him back down. <laughs> Cow on speed. <laughs> really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Ah, George Miller. Did you know who George Miller was, uh, Tom? I did not, but he quickly became one of my favorites to see on The Tonight Show. Yeah, he's great. He's he's such a wacky dude. <clears throat> he's such a wacky dude. And um, he another big fan of his, uh, kind of stemming from Letterman, was is Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald's big George Miller fan. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's, he's talked qu- quite a bit about George Miller and his appreciation for that kind of... Off, he's got a real off the wall sense of humor. He's yeah. just a very odd guy, and I love it. Yeah, Johnny liked him a lot too, mm-hmm. and I mean, and Letterman loved him. Yeah, he was he was on a ton. He was on both those shows a ton. Yeah, uh, there's there's several really great appearances uh, that George Miller does, and that that being only his second one, and um, it was it was similar to another. I, th- I think it was uh, David Brenner's first performance is that this video was archived in black and white. Oh, it is. Yeah. So even even though it was shot, you know, during the seven, probably somewhere during the seventies. Yeah. It was uh, one of those storage techniques that they would have to use in order to pre- better preserve the tape, or rather, this was preserved on film, so they preserve it in black and white. Mm. To it was apparently a better way to do it. Oh. Well, there's George Miller. So we have uh, Carson Comedy Classics um, every morning around uh, 2.30, and uh, we'll do it again uh, tomorrow. Um, by the way, there's a little unrest in uh, in Kenosha right now that's uh, being reported. Um, neighbors confronted law enforcement at the scene of a police shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin on Sunday and um, drew a harsh rebuke from the governor and prompted crowds to march in the streets after a video was posted on social media appeared to show officers shoot um, a man's back seven times as he leaned into a vehicle. Following the shooting, social media posts showed neighbors gathering in the surrounding streets and hurling comments at police. Some could be heard saying, no justice, no peace. Kenosha police referred all questions uh, to the Wisconsin Department of Justice, which did not immediately respond to messages seeking to confirm details of the shooting video. Uh, The Kenosha Sheriff's uh, Department and Wisconsin State Patrol were requested at the scene so another law enforcement agency could take over, the police said in a news release. Meanwhile, right now, uh, Kenosha County is um, has declared an emergency curfew, which the Kenosha Sheriff's Department said would be enforced until 7 a.m. So there is a curfew that's in, in effect right now um, in Kenosha. So um, so if you're if you're in Kenosha, stay inside. Be safe, um, and we just wanted you to be aware of what was going on. There's protesters out, and there's a curfew now um, that's ava- that's uh, enforced until 7 a.m. in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. So be safe. Stay in if you can. 
um, and we'll keep an eye on uh, what's going on up there. Uh, there are neighbors, so we want to uh, make sure we cover this and tell you and give you the most, and we'll get more details coming up as the morning progresses. So there is a uh, emergency curfew that's in place until 7 a.m. in Kenosha County. So uh, be safe. Stay in if you can. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. We're going to get into some terrifying animals that are very glad that, the, that, that I think you're, you're, you're happy about them being extinct. <laughs> Aren't you? Aren't you, Tom? Oh, yeah. The last thing I need is a giant squid. Yeah, rolling around doing it's squid. A giant, thing. A giant squid does it? Is it, is it basically like the size of an octopus? Um, probably a little bit bigger. Jeez, but they they existed. I think some do still exist. There's, uh, I want to say, there's certain in the squid family where this giant squid mm. exists. So, as it turns out, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Wasn't that far off. Wow. Okay. That's creepy. We've got more creepy animals to talk about. And if you want to jump in, it's 312-981-7200. Got some weather for you. Today, a weak high pressure and warm air um, will uh, boost the afternoon temperatures well into the 90s area-wide. Scattered fair weather, cumulus clouds will dot the skies. Um, Afternoon highs will reach the mid-90s in some areas. A low-pressure disturbance from our north could bring a band of showers or thunderstorms out of Wisconsin. Um, The probability of this happening is 20 to 30 percent. Tomorrow, Tuesday, some clouds, slight chance of thunderstorms early, especially north and east of the city. Mostly sunny in the afternoon. Uh, Hot and rather humid. Afternoon highs could reach the mid-90s. Scattered clouds overnight. For Wednesday, um, possibly the hottest day of the year so far, um, it could exceed the record of 97 degrees. Breezy, hot, and humid. Uh, quite warm overnight as well. For Thursday, one more day of high heat and humidity. Scattered clouds will build, leading to a chance of uh, gusty afternoon thunderstorms and a high in the mid-90s. Uh, muggy at night with a chance of storms again very late. And then for Friday, variably cloudy. Good chance of thunderstorms as the cold front makes its way into the area. Warm and humid, but trending less humid by evening. Temperatures will climb into the mid-80s. Currently 75 degrees at O'Hare at 75 at Midway, 74 at the lakefront. Hot and humid for the next few days. So uh, stay cool. 312-981-7200. That's our phone number if you want to talk about what what animals terrify you. Tom, you're terrified of all animals. (laughs) Not all of them. I get the feeling. I like squirrels. I get the feeling that you're terrified of all animals. So, uh, but yeah, we've got some terrifying animals here that are are extinct and people will probably be very happy about that considering how weird some of these things are. Uh, do you have a phobia for animals? Are there certain animals that freak you out? Let's hear from you at 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. And uh, we'll talk about terrifying animals right uh, after this. Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. 
Uh, we're uh, live in the uh, Skyline studio. We're here until 4 o'clock, as we are every uh, weekday morning. And, um, yeah. And the news is next uh, uh, from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. So, Tom, uh, you, you got some uh, animals that freak you out? Yeah. You mentioned birds. Birds. Not a huge... Well, I used to not be a big fan of uh, butterflies. Oh, that's right. You were freaking out about butterflies. Yeah. Most, I think I think some people still do have that fear of butterflies. Yeah. I know it might be unusual to other people, but... Um, I have uh, a, a begrudging respect for rats. What? I used to have to deal with them a lot. Uh-huh. So, they're they're fascinating animals. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of them, but uh, they're you know like most people tend to avoid rats if possible. But they're well, yeah they're amazing animals though. They're amazing. Those things could survive anything. Yeah, pizza rat. <laughs> um, uh, if, are you afraid of any animals? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. How about the? This is the. These are terrifying animals that are very that we're all very glad are extinct. This is from CNET.com. You see some of these things, Tom? Yeah. All right. How about the dino shark with a snout of doom? What does that thing look like? So uh, imagine, if you will, it's it's kind of like a uh, a great white, but with a really giant, almost uh, like plank of a nose. You know. It's uh, flat on both sides and just kind of sticks out like a big horn almost. Yee. Dino shark with a snout of doom. Like the helicoprion? Edestus is another uh, extinct animal whose exact form is still a matter of debate. Uh, Edestus didn't, didn't shed teeth either. Instead, it just grew new teeth and gums near the back of the mouth, pushing the older teeth and gums forward, creating some manner of toothtastic oral display. A scientific journal from around 1900 speculates that the Edestus looked like that. Others have wondered whether the mouth looked like a monstrous pair of pinking shears. So there's a, there's a pretty good picture of this thing. Well, it's uh, it's actually an illustration. Oh, and that because that's how you know we're going back to uh, you know it's not I, photography existed in 1900, but uh, having a portable camera was not a thing, so you often had to sketch it. And the way that they decided to sketch it is this kind of shark with almost a uh, a trunk. That comes out and curls around and it's covered in teeth. Ugh. That's creepy. Alright, well that's the dino shark with a snout of doom. I mean that name alone with the snout of doom would just the name alone is terrifying. Jeez. Uh do you have any phobias of uh, in terms of animals? Are you afraid of certain animals? Let's talk about it. 312-981-7200. How about a dragonfly you'd need a tennis racket to swat? Dragonflies are harmless and nice to look at. Then again, their wingspans 
top out around a couple of inches. Their ancestor, the Meganura, however, had a wingspan roughly two feet wide. And they were considerably uh, less adorable. Two feet wide. Dragonfly with a two feet wide wingspan. That's pretty terrifying. All of these so far are pretty terrifying. The dino shark with a snout of doom and a dragonfly that you need a tennis racket to swat. you have any animal fears? 312-981-7200. How about a monster fish that could chomp through bone? The Dunkleostus lived 360 million years ago. It was a heavily armored fish that grew more than 30 feet long. Its beak-like mouth was specifically made for biting through armor like its own, indicating it may have been either a cannibalistic species or one that fought over territory. Their jaws were so efficient that they could hinge them open and snap them shut in a matter of milliseconds. It's still unclear what the entire body of the Dunkleosis looked like, but you're, we're guessing a very few other ancient animals ever lived after finding out. Ooh. Here's uh, Linda on WGN. Hi, Linda. Hi, good morning. Uh, I've always had, I don't know why, a fear of snakes. Any other lizards in that don't bother me. Just don't have a snake around me. So you're not uh, you're not a fan of snakes. No. And another thing is, I was telling your producer, we went to Hawaii a few years back, and a bunch of us it was a bunch of uh, girls that went, and we were swimming and everything. But on our way back home, we were on the plane and we're talking, and the one girl says, "Gee, she says uh, I'm a, she says we didn't see any sharks." And I thought, sharks? Because you don't think of them. You see people surfing and everything. Yeah. The only thing is that on the Atlantic. But then after you think about it, sharks are all over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we're invading their home. They're not coming after us. Right. We're out there and they're first. And after that, I just didn't go out too far in the waters anymore. Yeah. that That's something because he can come up on you and you don't even know he's there. That's right. We all saw Jaws. We, yeah. Yeah. But I, it, 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 that, if we remember, it was on the Atlantic. It was in the Atlantic Ocean. Right. Not the Pacific. Right. And uh, when we go out and we go swimming in that and people go scuba diving or whatever, you know. Do we know? I don't think we ever stopped to really think yeah. we're invading their territory. That's right. That's right. And so we got to be careful because uh, that's not our home. All right, Linda, thanks for the call. We're talking about uh, fear of animals and some of the most terrifying animals that are extinct, but were very, very strange. And that's from, uh, from uh, what website is this from? CNET. CNET. That's right. CNET. You got to love CNET. Okay. All right. Uh, do you have any phobias uh, in, in the animal world? You ever have a bad encounter with an animal? Uh, yeah. My friend sicked his dog on me. You ever get bit? 
Yep. You've been bit by a dog. Yep. Me too. I didn't take it too personally, though. Me too. Well, you got... What was his name? Duchess? Duchess. Her. <laughs> Duchess. <laughs> Damn it, Duchess. Thanksgiving, 1977. Got me good. Still have a scar on my side. Oh, was it on in in your haunches? Right, right on my side. Looks like I had looks like I had my appendix removed. That's what it kind of looks wow. like. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is weird. Yeah. Okay. Uh animal love uh, uh, freaking out a little bit over animals. 312-981-721. Let's do the news. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Here until 4 o'clock. Uh, at 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place for the TV side of WGN, get some uh, early morning news. And at 5 o'clock, uh, Bob Surratt has your morning drive. 312-981-7200 is the uh, number. If you have any, like, uh, animal, if you're freaked out by a certain animals, which ones are they? And we are so also going to get uh, more terrifying animals that are extinct. Uh, I just wanted to mention one more time. There's uh, some disturbances up in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. There are protesters uh, up there. Um, Neighbors confronted law enforcement um, at the scene of a police shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin on Sunday. Um, It drew uh, rebuke from the governor and prompted crowds to march in the streets after a video was posted on social media that appeared to show officers shoot a man, a man's back seven times as he leaned into a vehicle following the shooting social media um, showed neighbors gathering. And so there's protests happening right now up in uh, Kenosha. And also there is an emergency curfew that we want to let you know about. It's enforced uh, all through 7 a.m. So the Kenosha County um, uh, is under a curfew right now, an emergency curfew, and uh, it is going to be enforced until 7 a.m. So uh, stay safe up there. If you need to stay in, stay in. And uh, our neighbors to the north, we wish you the best and hope everything uh Hope everything turns out okay. So just uh, stay inside, and the the, uh, the emergency curfew is in effect until seven a.m. So um, that's happening. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the phone number. Um, here's Ike on WGN. Go ahead, Ike. Hey Nick, how's it going with you, man? Hey, all right. Yeah, I have uh, two animals I want to comment. The first one is, of course, uh, since I was a kid, I was kind of like Indiana Jones. I was afraid of snakes because the area I live in, they always had gardener snakes all around my house. And I saw I saw one uh, the other day, and I I guess that fear kind of went away a little bit. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the second one. Now, I have never seen a rat, and I don't think I would be scared of rats, but like. But the the giant rats in horror movies, the real big giant rats you see in horror movies, that would that I would definitely be afraid of that like something out of unknown origin. I would flip out if that was real for for sure. Yeah. All right, Ike. Thanks. No problem. All right. Lots of people have that fear of snakes. Not well, they, they they expect snakes to be slimy, but they're not. They're not. They're quite dry. Yes. Yeah. I don't mind snakes. I mean, I have a healthy fear of them, but. Uh, and also a respect. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Here's uh, Larry on WGN. Go ahead, Larry. Hey, good morning, Nick. Hi. Hey, uh, you, yeah, you guys talk about rats. 
I used to work over 22nd and Lumber right off the 94 to water rafts that are big. But insects, you used to see these, they're called oriental cockroaches. I looked them up. They, we get uh, equipment from uh, Malaysia. And these things are about the size of a half dollar, and they can run pretty fast. Ugh. You'll know you'll know they're inside the building when you hear the women up in the office screaming. Oh, they were huge. If you look them up, Oriental cockroaches. They're about two inches long. Well, some of them, some are smaller, but some get up to about two inches long. Jeez, I don't... when you step on them, you could feel the crunch. Oh, I don't even want to. Oh, Ooh. they are really bad. Oh, that's brutal. Oh. All right, Larry. Thanks. See how many people were freaking out right now listening to the radio. Ugh. You ever seen those, uh, you ever seen a hissing cockroach? Oh, yeah. Those things are crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of beautiful in a way. No. Uh, they're a marvel of nature. I'll say that. You got you to gotta admit that. But they're from uh, Madagascar. The Madagascar hissing cockroach. Whew. Was that featured in the animated movie? Did they have a hissing cockroach in, in the animated? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't recall. I do not recall, sir. Yeah, they should have. I have no memory of that movie whatsoever. Who? Who? Would, I don't who, think even the cast has. Who was in it? Ben Stiller, Chris Rock, um, uh, Will Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith. They had a sequel to it too, right? They had two sequels to them. Did they really? Yeah, two and three. There was a t- television show. What? Yeah. Just about the lemurs. Lemurs? Yeah. There were lemurs in it. Because it's remember. Madagascar. I don't remember that. And the king lemur was voiced by Sasha Baron Cohen. What? Yeah. I don't remember any of that. It's more of, it's like a fever dream. Yeah, I just don't, don't remember that. How about the Komodo dragon's great granddaddy? If every myth is rooted somewhere in reality, tales of the fire-breathing the fire-breathing dragons are almost certainly came from Megalania. These distant relatives of the Komodo dragon would have weighed more than thirteen hundred pounds and grown to eighteen feet long. Can you imagine that? A thirteen hundred pound, eight foot long Komodo dragon. They vanished from Australia. About 50,000 years ago, which means the earliest Aboriginal people may have made contact with them. Certainly sounds like stuff of the stuff of legend to us. Wow. Well, Komodo dragons are crazy already. They don't need to be crazier, don't you think, Tom? No, they're, they're absolutely terrifying yeah. to be around. Uh, also known as, the, I think they're also re- referred to as the monitor lizard. The what, what? What? A monitor lizard. A monitor lizard? Yeah. That's like their, that's another name for them. All right. 18 feet long, 1,300 pounds. I mean, I can't even, ima- I can't even imagine that. All right. Komodo dragon. That's the great granddaddy of the Komodo dragon. They vanished from Australia 50,000 years ago, so don't have to deal with them now. So, uh, 312-981-7200, do you uh, have a fear of uh, any kind of animal? Are there animals out there that kind of freak you out? We've got more crazy animals that are uh, that we're happy are extinct right now.
But if you want to join us with your uh, thoughts about animals that maybe kind of freak you out, we would love to hear from you. 312-981-7200. Right here on WGN. Hey, it's Nick DeGilio here on uh, 720 WGN. Uh, it's Monday morning. That means my dad's going to call in and tell a joke because it's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. And uh, thank you for all the kind thoughts about my dad. My dad's going in for a few more tests today, and he's got to drink that that uh, that stuff. You know the stuff? You know what I mean, right? Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. So... uh but uh, after uh, after today, I've got a couple of tests going here. Everything should be cool. And uh, thank you for uh, the thoughts. He's been stuck inside since Thursday. And that's not good for my dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> my dad very rarely stays inside, you know, for like an hour before he goes out or does something. Very restless. So anyway, uh, but he is going to call in and tell a joke. Need some humor. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. We've been talking about um, terrifying animals that we're glad are extinct. And if you have a fear of animals of any kind, 312-981-7200. This is Karen on WGN. Hi, Karen. Hi. Hi. I'm I'm not afraid of anything, um, people, I mean, <laughs> animal-wise, except these uh centipedes so they're just yeah they freak you, know. you out centipedes freak you out yeah and i i'd rather like try to take them outside but they freak me out so bad that i gotta get rid of them before i can even you know try to uh help them <laughs> it yeah they do so there and, you go centipedes that's your that's your weakness that is. Yeah, I'm yep. not. I'm not very happy everything. about. I'm not. I'm not very happy about those either. I love possums. I love everything else. I just uh, can't take centipedes. Okay. All right, Karen. Thanks. Okay. Take care. Sure. You big uh, centipede guy. I like the video game. Uh, I mean, it's a good game. Yeah. I shoot. I haven't played centipede in a long time. Yeah. One. I'm not a big video game guy. I did play centipede though. Oh yeah. That was that was I was very good at that game. What was that and Galaga, right? And well, Galaga was the that was the one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the, that was the game that I that was I was really good at Galaga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's uh, I guess I I understand that centipedes. I mean, like everything, they serve a purpose. I don't know what that purpose is. But they're they're there for a reason. I guess. Um, I did once watch a spider and a centipede fight in my condo. That was pretty interesting. Uh huh. You've uh, told me about that. Yeah. Spider won. By must the way, been, must have been very exciting for you. <laughs> well, it's just weird. I look over and there's like two bugs just like straight up fighting, and I thought it was the strangest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> just straight up fighting. Just straight up, like you know. I started. I started taking bets. 
Taking bets. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. How about uh, another example here of uh, terrifying animals that we're all glad are extinct? And if you freak out about uh, certain animals, uh, I'd love to hear from you at 312-981-7200. That's the Team Hawkburn phone line. Um, think T-Rex must have been scary? Plenty of other extinct animals would have been unnerving as all get-out to an unexpected, uh, to unexpected homo sapiens. Like, for example, uh, the helicoprion. It was a predator whose teeth did not shed, but instead grew into a wheel-like pattern. Uh, that deadly whorl sat somewhere around the lower jaw, its lower jaw. Some scientists have dubbed it the buzzsaw killer. This animal is also known as the buzzsaw killer. Though exactly... Um, what this uh, Permian-Triassic um, era beast looked like is still uncertain. All we know is teeth. Oh, boy. Scary. 312-981-7200. If you would like to uh, join us, how about a 50-foot-long crushing machine? The real animals. That existed. Just after the dinosaurs went extinct around 60 million years ago, a massive snake called the Titanoba took their place as the biggest, baddest predator on Earth. They were 50 feet long and they weighed 2,500 pounds and they killed their prey via constriction. Titanoba. 50 feet long, 2,500 pounds, giant, massive snake. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not very pleasant. And I know people who are freaked out by snakes, and uh, that can be really unnerving. You know, if you have a fear of any certain animal, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. And uh, we've got some more animals here that uh, are terrifying, and we're glad that they're extinct. How about that fifty uh, foot long? 2,500-pound uh, snake. You want to hang out with that? Mm. Hang out with that dude? <laughs> as long as uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube get to hang out, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, those... Don't forget about John Voight. Oh, forget about John Voight doing a... I don't even know what that accent is. No one could tell me. You could say you could say it was either Brazilian or Southern Californian, and I'd say, sure, why not? I don't know. I uh, love that movie, though. Anaconda? Oh, I love it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I love I think uh my girlfriend or my fiance texted me. She's like, "Oh, I saw that uh Anaconda's going to be on Netflix in September." I was like, "Are you kidding me? We own that." Of course we was own. Was there a it. sequel, right? Yeah, uh Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Anaconda's. Who was in that? Uh nobody of note as far as I can No remember. Ice Cube, no Jennifer Lopez. No, they uh I they, mean, they kill off John Voight cuz his face is inside the Anaconda. <laughs> It's like the skin of the anaconda. You remember? It's like his face just blasted no, it's just, up. It's just, it's a lot <laughs> to handle. Uh, let's see. Who yeah. directed that? The original anaconda? Yeah. Uh, that was directed by uh, Louis Losa. 
Oh, Luis Losa, yeah. Luis Losa, pardon yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, as far as the sequel Anacondas, there's not really, really nobody, nobody of, of note. note. Nobody I don't even remember the sequel. I don't I have no memory. I mean, I've seen the first one a bunch of times. I thought the first one was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Anacondas, a missed opportunity. Fifty foot long, twenty five hundred pounds. That's a that's that's a big snake. That's a big old snake, and that is a big big snake. How about an eagle that ate little kids? There's a there's an animal for you. The lack of competition in landlocked spots can lead some species to develop what's known as island gigantism. That's what happened to the Host's eagle, a 30-pound raptor relative that terrorized the South Island of New Zealand. After the Maori people whittled down the megabird's food source, a flightless and apparently delicious bird called the moa, around the year 1400, local legends say that the Harpagoranus was known to swoop down and grab children just to snack on them. The mega eagle eventually died out, but it lives on in your nightmares. Do you imagine that? Just snatching kids up? Well, do you remember there was a there was an internet hoax a few years ago now, a while ago now, where a video apparently showed an eagle swooping down, picking up a toddler, and then dropping him a few yards away. It so it was every, a hoax? Yeah, it had everyone fooled. It had everyone fooled. I think they, they played it on Good Morning America. They oh, played it really? on the Today Show. It was it was huge. It was I don't a remember huge that. story for a moment. I don't remember that. I I'll I'll have to show you the video and I'll I'll grab a little audio of them on Good Morning America. But they legitimately thought this eagle swooped down, picked up a toddler, carried him like a you know, a couple yards and then dropped him. Wow. Did you uh did you watch the footage yourself? I did and it's incredibly it's incredibly convincing. Okay. It's incredibly convincing. So it's just a giant bird like Yeah. It was a, apparently a golden eagle. A golden eagle. Yeah, a golden eagle. A big type of eagle. And how long ago was this? Uh I'm going to say this is about 7 years ago. That's when it hit the news? Yeah, that's, that's when, when it, it hit, hit the, the uh, intranets? Yeah. People believed it? Uh, yeah. People totally, they bought it hook, line, and sinker. Well, you've got this 30-pound raptor relative that uh, was in New Zealand picking up kids, grabbing kids to snack on. Sounds like a, it kind of sounds a little bit like an old wives' tale, but anything's possible. Well, this was in the year, around the year 1400. So a very old wives' tale. Yeah. So, but it's got to be—it's got to be based on something. Sure. All right. Well, watch out for the Hosts Eagle. H a a s t apostrophe s Hosts Eagle. All right. Don't mess around with that, man. Pick you up, throw you right through a tree. I—I <laughs> I know you already don't like eagles. I don't like the eagles. I don't have a, I don't, I don't have an issue with the bird. I think they're beautiful. Just don't like the band. Okay. Hey, um, 
be uh, careful up there in Kenosha. I just wanted to one more time mention that there have been um, protesters and uh, some conflict up there right now. And uh, there is a, an emergency curfew that's in effect right now until 7 a.m. So please be safe in Kenosha. Uh, the protesters are out. And um, there is a curfew until 7 a.m. And we'll keep you posted on what's going on up there in Kenosha. But please uh, stay as safe as you can and stay in if you have to. So uh, I got some weather for you. It's going to be hot for the next few days. Um, we're going to have uh, afternoon temperatures uh, into the 90s area-wide. Uh, scattered fair weather cumulus clouds will be around during the day. Mid-90s for many areas for a high. A low-pressure disturbance in the north could bring a band of showers or thunderstorms uh, into northeast uh, Illinois on Monday night. For tomorrow, Tuesday, some clouds, slight chance of thunderstorms early, especially north. Um, um, mostly sunny in the afternoon, hot and rather humid. Afternoon highs could reach the mid-90s. Scattered clouds overnight for Wednesday. Possibly the hottest day of the year so far. We could exceed the record of 97 degrees, breezy, hot, and humid, um, with uh, quite warm uh, overnight. Uh, for Thursday, one more day of heat and humidity. Scattered clouds will build. Uh, we might see some gusty afternoon thunderstorms, highs in the mid-90s, and a chance of be muggy at night with a chance of storms again late. Uh, for Friday, variably cloudy. Uh, some uh, chance of thunderstorms in the, as a cold front makes its way through the area. Warm and humid, but less Humid by the evening, temperatures will climb into the about the mid-80s. Currently 75 degrees at O'Hare at 75 at Midway, 74 at the lakefront. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about uh, some animals that we're all glad are uh, extinct. And if you have a fear of certain animals, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, my dad's going to call in and tell a joke in a little bit, too, because it's a Monday morning. 312-981-7200. That's our number, and uh, we want to hear from you. Little Hall and Oates, man. Uh, hi, it's Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline studio here until 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place on the TV side of WGN. And uh, we'll get some uh, early morning news from that great team. And then at 5 o'clock, it's your morning drive with the one and only Bob Surratt. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. If you would like to join us, we're talking about fear of certain animals and uh, and some uh, animals that are so crazy that you're kind of glad they're extinct, like in, uh, an eagle that swoops down and eats kids. That's uh, that's fun, right? <laughs> Jeez, it must have been really crazy to live in those days. In the year 1400, you got birds run, running around snatching up kids. Yeah. How's your cat, speaking of animals? How's my cat? Ah, he's fine. What's his name, Fluffy? Tigger. Oh, Tigger. Yeah, like from Winnie the Pooh. Right. Um, He's fine. Very fluffy. Uh, He's a big boy. 15-pounder. That's a big cat. Big old cat. Big cat. Big cat for a big guy. 
The biggest cat I, I, that I ever saw was my ex my ex wife's uh, Mister Ruffle. The nut. The nut. God, he was huge. You show me a photo. I think you even posted a photo on Facebook recently, fairly recently. Yeah. I was like, good lord. Yeah, that's my one one one, one of my favorite pictures of Ruffle. He looks drunk. He's like leaning up against a chair, but he was a big cat. Like ridiculous. And I'll say this: the kids love Tigger because he goes because we're street level, you know. Yeah. So our window is right up uh, where height wise, where Tigger will sit uh, to get to bathe in the sunlight is like right perfect le- height level for children. And boy, do they get excited when they walk by and they see there's just a cat in the window. Yeah, the same thing with my parents. They live in a garden apartment. Awesome. They live in a garden apartment. And, uh, you know, they lost one of their cats earlier this year. They had to put one down, got sick. Right at the beginning of the, the, uh, right right around the time the pandemic kind of started. Then they lost their cat. Uh, But they still have the other one. They still have uh, Max. Um, but he loves to sit in the window. And it's, you know, like I said, it's a garden apartment. So the sidewalk outside is like, right, you know, it's, it's you know, the, you, you can see people's legs as they walk, <laughs> as they walk by. And it's in the courtyard where the apartment building is. So people come in and go and through the, through the front gate and back, see the cat. So, uh, yeah. Animals not to be afraid of. Uh yeah, I'm I'm a big I'm a big I'm a I'm a cat guy. My dad was terrified of cats though. No. Why? Oh my god. So he had this he had this uh this auntie who used to carry around her cat in her purse. I've known people who do that. Right. And this is I mean we're going back to probably this would have been maybe the late 60s. Yep. Um if that cuz my dad was born in 1952. So this was like probably mid mid to late sixties, and he had this auntie that would carry around her cat in her purse, and, but she would close the purse. They wouldn't even have his little head sticking out. No, she'd close the purse with the cat in it. <laughs> so one day, his auntie comes over to their house, and she turns to my dad and says, "Kenny, go ahead and let the cat let the cat out of the purse. I forgot the cat in the purse." So he goes. And uh, slowly zips open the purse. The minute that cat is able to get out, it jumps out and latches right onto his face. Oh, man. It was like out of a cartoon. It's latched. He told me it's latched onto his face. <laughs> Sideswiping him every chance it gets. And he had to tear it off of him. He well, was, the cat was scared. Right. Right. But so he was then had a hatred of cats. I can understand that. Yeah, it's like, but it's, it's not. Like, it's not the cat. I mean, the cat was put in a bag. I mean, the cat was scared. It's like, well, it's like me and the dog. Me and dogs. I know the dog. The dog. The dog that I got bit by was not really trying to hurt me. It was freaked out. The his dog owner. that I got bit by was trying to hurt me. Yeah, <laughs> Duchess. Duchess. Yeah. But uh, his owner riled riled her up and all this kind of stuff. It got really excited and bit me in out of play. You know kind of like this anxious playfulness yeah uh and i'm i'm aware of that but that does not stop me from being very nervous around dogs yeah i don't blame especially you. big dogs well i, I don't blame you it, it changes when you get bit by a dog yeah it changes you 
Completely. Which is, which is too bad. Completely. Dogs, dogs are good animals. A little bit slobbery for my taste, but I get it. Yep. Um, all right. How about a bear twice your height? I would say most bears are twice my height, aren't they? Uh, a name like short-faced bear sounds cute. Arcdotus was anything but. Natives of California, until about 11,000 years ago, were almost entirely uh, carnivores and would have needed about 35 pounds of meat just a day to get by. They were 50% larger than the biggest polar bears in recorded history. My God. 35 pounds of meat a day. For like, that's a the giant diet. a giant bear, the rocks diet <laughs> keep those muscles up. Yeah. How about a giant aquatic scorpion? Yeah, no. It sounds like they just had a tombola of of words of terrifying combinations for things, and they would just pull out <laughs> random names. All right, so. Uh, Terrifying. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Water. Scorpion. Gigantic uh, aquatic scorpion. Yeah. Gigantic water scorpion. Uh, Imagine a scorpion with a paddle-shaped body meant for swimming. Now imagine that it's five feet long. The, oh, I'm not even going to be able to pronounce this. The Pentacoporus terus. Decor Hainus was discovered in 2015, and it swam around what is now Iowa roughly 460 million years ago. Iowa? Swam? And a, a gigantic aquatic scorpion in Iowa? What, what? Doesn't that seem strange? Oh, my God. Echoes of the ancient critter live on in today's ticks, spiders, and lobsters. The giant aquatic scorpion. Scorpions kind of freak me out. Yeah, scorpions are scary. Yeah. I would not want to be face-to-face with one. Have, have you ever been stung by anything venomous? Um, Outside of, I guess, technically a bee sting would be venomous. Well, I was, a, I was, a, I, I was allergic to bees. Allergic to bees. Yeah. So in a way, it is venomous. Well, but it would have been a bad, bad thing. Mm-hmm. I've been stung by a bee as an adult. And nothing happened? No. You grew out of it? Mm-hmm. It was, it was allergic to mosquitoes, too. Oh, my God. I used to completely swell up. I remember a mosquito bit me on the lip. My lip blew up. I looked like a maniac. Actually, had to, they had to take me to the emergency room a couple of times. Probably hit you with a steroid or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. But I remember I was really, really allergic to to mosquitoes. Yeah, I would swell up like crazy. So yeah, well, and then of course they've got these shows on like History Channel or stuff like that, where it's uh, guys getting stung by like the most you know painful bee sting or the most painful snake I, bite. I yeah, I've seen those shows. They're nuts. They're nuts. Putting yourself through that much pain, you gotta no. have like a paramedic no, literally no, no, right no, there. No. no, thank you. I do appreciate that someone is trying to, you know, quantify it though. They're trying to quantify the levels of pain that you feel from certain stings because you got to have a got to have a scale for that. Yeah, I mean, I've, it's a, these guys. These guys are nuts. 
who do that. They're nuts. Well, at least they're doing it for scientific research, unless uh, unlike the guys from uh, Jackass who just do it for kicks. They're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> they're such morons, those guys. Yeah, they're, t- they're too busy putting a fish hook through their cheek. I can't even. Or playing seesaw with a bull. Or shooting bottle rockets out of your butt. <laughs> what a way to spend an afternoon. I still can't believe that Steve-O said, no, uh, I can't I can't put that uh, that Matchbox car up my butt. <laughs> yeah, like that's... And then Dunn had to do it, and then Ryan Dunn yeah. did it. But I can't... I, like, that's going to be... That's, like, oh, no, that's too much. Yeah, that's where you draw the line. I know, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a Matchbox car. <laughs> probably one of the... I don't know if it's harmless. It's probably not great for you, but... Of course it's not get great it. for you. <laughs> It's not good. It's not for your health. But uh... <laughs> Dunn goes ahead and does it now. Ooh, it's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Oh, yes! Here we go! All right. Yeah, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio here until 4. Um, and, uh, yeah, and at 4 o'clock we head over to Bradley Place, Channel 9, uh, WGN TV, and uh, get some news from them. And uh, and then uh, back here at 5 o'clock for Pops Throughout for your morning drive. All right, it is Monday morning. That means my dad calls in to tell a joke. He's been telling jokes his whole life. And um, so uh, he is calling in on this Monday morning. And Hello, Dad. Hi, Nick. How you doing? I'm all right. Yeah? You're going to be, uh, you got a couple of tests to do today, huh? Yeah, a couple. It'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll get home and everything will be cool. There you go. I can eat. Yeah, he haven't been able to eat. My dad, you, no. you, don't, you don't understand. You don't understand my dad with no food, because my dad eats all the time. So, all right, you'll be able to eat when you get home, right? Yes. All right, very cool. Okay, well, all right. you got a you got a joke for us. Got a joke. Harry walks into the bar. Hi, Harry says it, buddies. You put on a great show with the old lady. You left the light on in the bedroom, and we can see everything going on projecting on the curtains. Harry says, sorry, guys. The joke's on you. I wasn't home last night. (laughs) Tom got that one. Tom's laughing. Tom's really laughing on that one. <laughs> All right, Dad. Thanks, All buddy. Right, Nick. Okay, be good. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take okay. care. Bye. All right. There you go. That was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. He'll do it again next week. Boy, Tom, you really, you really like that one, huh? I uh, just that was a good one. Yeah, hit, that that hit the funny bone. It did. Yeah. <laughs> Jokes on you. I wasn't even home last night. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, all right. Uh, what about the more crazy animals? You ready? How about a rat the size of a bull? 
Scientists have lovingly dubbed these guys Ratzillas. <laughs> Fossil records suggest that they were 10 feet long and 5 feet of tail. Oh. Rats of an unusual size. Oh, my God. Uh, while the Fobermise Patterson these tremendous rodents um, have had foot-long incisors. Oh, man. How about a walking worm? A worm that walks on legs, which may actually be tentacles, that may or may not have had mouths on the end of them. Oh, God. Follow? No wonder the species is called Hallucigenia fort- fortis. It's unnerving, all right. And here's the good news. They were less than two inches long. That's still terrifying. How about terror birds that crush skulls like melons? Scientists call the Forus, the Forus ha- Hackaday... They called them terror birds, which should tell you all you need to know about these things. They lived in North and South America until about 2 million years ago. They could grow to be 10 feet tall, and their beaks were so strong and sharp that they could kill other animals by striking their heads downward and fatally cracking the skulls. What? Bleh. I mean, that's got to be a tough day at the office for a scientist to go in and be like, you know, hey, I just discovered that not only were there giant worms with tentacled legs, but they could also crack the skulls Jeez. of animals. How do you how do you live in that time? I don't know. You're going to have to ask Fred Flintstone. He managed uh, to survive. How about a shark that would have put Jaws to shame? I'll need to be convinced. The Megalodon. Oh, yeah. The Meg. The Meg. Makes the great white shark look like a goldfish. Uh, They're holding up a modern shark's jawbone for comparison. At nearly 60 feet long, these extinct ocean predators are still regarded as the most formidable carnivore that has ever existed. The Meg, man. Where's the... Who's that? Statham was in that, right? Yeah, Jason Statham. Do you know what I mean? That movie was ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> the Meg. I hoped for more. I hoped for a little bit more out of that one. How about a mega crocodile that fought T-Rexes and won? These are these were real uh real animals. Uh the Dinosuchus means terrible crocodile. And these creatures lived up to the name. Fossils from T-Rexes and other dinosaurs show teeth marks from these things. And that means the ancient crocs regularly did battle with the king of the dinosaurs. They grew to be about 35 feet long. They were found in North America in the same places where modern-day humans flip out over crocodiles one-fourth that size. You know, I'll put that on the list of animals I'm genuinely terrified of is crocodiles. Really? Yeah. They're, I mean, they're a, they're a million years old. They have barely changed over the course of... I think of, crocodiles are cool. They're cool, but... What like, about the one in Humboldt Park? 
Was that a crocodile or was it an alligator? Chance the Snapper. I think he was an alligator. Yeah. Because crocodiles have much bigger, wider snouts, whereas I think alligators have the have like the little thin one. Chance the Snapper was adorable. He yeah. was also like this small. He was like this big. Little he tiny. dude. He was just a little dude. Yeah. Crocodiles, on the other hand, will eat your face off. <laughs> All right. Uh, what did you think of crawl? Did you loved f- it? Loved it. Yeah, it, because I was like, okay, I'm going into this. I want to be scared. I thought it was great because you, especially the bit where those like kind of punk kids are trying are like looting the yeah. convenience store. Yeah, you just knew they were done. Yeah, you just knew those kids. I was like, there's going to be like three crocodiles on your ass. In, I'll like, tell you something. Minute. We, I saw that movie while Chance the Snapper was in Humboldt Park. It was the same time. Amazing marketing. And then when I got home, I put on the Three Stooges, and there was an and there was an episode with an alligator. I was like, "What is, what is happening?" I thought Crawl was great. Oh, it was, it was spectacular. I had a great time. Um, how about boogie board sized piranhas? Yeah, that's a very specific thing to compare in size. Like, <laughs> it's about as big as a I don't know a boogie board. These piranhas were so huge that scientists formally dubbed them the species Mega Piranha. They lived 10 million years ago and were at least three feet long and had two rows of teeth. See, piranhas freak me out. Yeah, that's. I got to say, they, they, yeah, they, they freak me out. And, and, you know, I knew a family that had piranhas. They, they what? They had piranhas. They had a, a, a big fish tank with piranhas in it. <sighs> yeah. Wow. People, people collect piranhas. I, I can see that. It just seems odd for just was, a regular family. Like, yeah, we got piratas. It was cool. Did they ever feed them meat? I, I can't remember what they fed them. Because that's why I would go over, is I want to see them feed, like, I don't know, a, a steak to some fish. <laughs> a steak? Yeah, like a little steak or something. You go to Julie, you get yourself a decent steak, feed it to the piranhas, man. Yeah, I don't know what they fed them. But they were they were they were like on their back porch. They, they, they had the they, they, <laughs> they had the tank the, on the back porch. Just outside? No, no, no. They had that like an indoor. In, inside. Oh, okay, kind of like a like a Four Seasons yeah. sort of deal. Okay, tank full of piranhas, man. Yep. How about a real life Bigfoot? The Gigantopithecus roamed Asia up until around one hundred thousand years ago. These ancestors to modern apes and orangutans measured nearly 10 feet tall. Their dialects were likely vegetarian, but then again, males are thought to have uh, had the arm spans of about 12 feet. Wow. All right, there you go. Uh, what do we got coming up on the show? Well, we'll be, bringing back, yeah, we'll be bringing back a little bit of uh, It Came From Amazon. Oh, good. That's, that's always fun. 